two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us the fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, the CO double MON synonym for fresh truth is the emblem. Be careful though. It's spicy. <laughs> so do we need to go to Subway and get danger witches? No. I've look, I looked it up. I don't even remember exactly what's on it. It's not that spicy. It's uh, mediocre results. That's the key ingredient. Okay. So this is actually like what serial killers eat. Pepperoni, salami, black forest ham, provolone cheese, and bacon on Italian herbs and cheese bread. There is nothing about that that says spicy to me. So you basically have like all, all the different cuts of the hind quarter of a pig. This is all sandwich. fucking cured meat. Like... <laughs> It's probably got like jalapenos on it, so he's like, "Ooh, that's nope. dangerous." Just banana no? peppers. <laughs> then what's fucking dangerous about the fucking danger witch? Yellow mustard. If you're wearing a white shirt, I don't know. <laughs> that's the that's the title of the episode. Nothing dangerous about the danger witch. There's literally nothing dangerous about this danger witch. I'm trying to find. You know, I actually no. They're actually. I don't know if you guys actually heard. Um, Someone died by eating a danger witch. Why they did someone from... like stuff fucking razor blades in it or something? No, they died from cringe. Oh, somebody posted this, and that Twitter. joke gave me the feeling of cringe. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, somebody posted on Twitter after seeing the ingredients in the danger witch. I can understand why Pete didn't let Russ cook. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think we should start a business where we just give vibe checks to any decision made by companies so like oh you want to make russ fucking your your poster boy for your danger witch and and if we don't give them the passing vibe check they can't do it yeah they gotta clear everything through us and we get like 15 percent of the profits off of it Two I'm points. Saying, yeah i think my question is what were they going for was it just like was that just riffing or was that like an actual like I, I don't know what I don't know what that is. He's like, oh, there was this one time. Oh no, it's too dangerous. Was it just because they wanted to create stupid memes? He probably took like a like film theory course either at NC State or at Wisconsin and said like, oh well, I'm a name brand now with 250 million dollars. I should. The only way I'll be a sponsor for Subway is if I can direct write and act in this commercial and they're like okay i i would probably say that he took like an online like master class where he learned from like lizzo or something and he just got all the steps wrong he read ed wood's book and he's like this is how you make a film <laughs> a napoleon hill like win arguments and make friends because those always go hand in hand 
<laughs> All right, folks. Welcome back to the Second Mouse Podcast, you poor people. Be careful we'll listen to this episode. For us, by us. Poor people. It's spicy. <laughs> careful listen to this episode, guys. It's spicy. Um, I wanted to kick this off just how we normally do, just going through the most recent week of football. But I wanted to ask you guys a question as Giant fans. Congratulations on being four and one in two different hemispheres, by the way. That's dominance. You can't replace. Mm. Q, you don't look happy. Oh, it sounded like you were going somewhere because I was going to shit on your fucking commanders. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about that. least. I don't don't think there's a bad thing you could say about the Giants after what just transpired this. I wasn't going to say anything bad and I wasn't going to bring down the Giants. I wanted to have an honest conversation with you both because I think it's fair to say the Giants are ahead of schedule. They were not supposed to be good this year, and they are better than people expected. They're four and one right now. Are they tied with the division lead? No. So the Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated at five and zero, oh, and the Giants are tied for second. Okay. With the Cowboys, but technically, because they lost the one Giants one one loss to the Cowboys, they the Cowboys technically have the tiebreaker. Okay, so they're in third. Okay, but for now they're they're for competitive, now. and they just beat the team that everyone thought was going to be. A playoff, t- a playoff contender. Fun fact, the Giants have beaten the number one seed in both conferences from last year, the Packers and the Titans. Nice. Here is my question, though. How does the rest of the season play out? Good. And I, I, I ask that question from a place of genuine curiosity because we've talked about Daniel Jones – in all likelihood, is on his way out. Saquon Barkley is in a walk year. How does this season end? So I think the one good thing that I think Gatto will attest to this, that you know, watching enough Giants games over the last few years, any wins from the last few years felt like, man, we got lucky. It was very flukish. Like There was no feeling of like, this is sustainable over a long period of time because ultimately there was no real skill to it. It was purely like a lucky play. The Giants, despite the fact that they really are not that talented of a team, are out coaching their their way to win. So like, you know, they give up uh, 22 points in the first half to Aaron Rodgers and then zero him the second half of the way. Wink Martindale, just defensive genius. So this week is Baltimore at home. Good test again. If they can stop Lamar Jackson, if they can slow him down and get another win, if they go toe-to-toe with them, uh, I think you feel good. But then after that, it's Jacksonville, Seattle, and Houston. So, you know, even if you lose this weekend, there's a chance for a rebound. So let's just put it this way. Six and six the rest of the way. They win 10 games, and it looks like a positive year. So I I think it's – I think there's – like I, I don't really know how other way you can look at it other than a massive success and a great jumpstart to the new regime. It, it's – I think in terms of like expectations by ownership this year, that's already been checked off the list. Mm-hmm. Like um, 
there's already been a show of organization, solid uh, game time decisions. Um, management across the board has just been improved. And for me right now, it's actually, this is like the most enjoyable football's been as a Giants fan in probably the last three years. Um, God, would you say that like this past game is probably the best <laughs> game in five five years? Oh, it's a highlight. Yeah, and and it has nothing to do with the the novelty of being in another country and doing it, let alone doing it against you know one of the best in the fucking biz, Aaron Rodgers, which was the only narrative anyone ever was fucking willing to spin about this game. It's like no, they beat the Packers, which together is a collective of a team. Aaron Rodgers, the problem was he didn't have much chance to get in this game in the first place. He spent most of it on the fucking sideline. Very yeah. fucking rare for him. Yeah, I, I wasn't watching the game because I was driving back from South Carolina, but dumping bodies and shit. We know what you were doing, Tom. We don't talk about that on the show. The Charleston Strangler guys nope. got him. Charleston, Charleston Creeper. Charleston <laughs> Creeper. Hey, do you want to try this sandwich? Be careful. <laughs> it's spicy. Chloroform. Jesus Christ. Murdered by cringe. Well, I asked that question, and again, um, it's not to be critical, but I think it bears a conversation. Do you want – I'm going to try and be mindful of my words here. You want us to Stephen is, Ross the rest of the season? Well, my question is, does a successful season set them up to have to, one, pay Saquon, and two, take them out of contention for – an elite quarterback prospect in the draft. And I think Saquon right now, he's showing that he's worth the money, but we've seen running backs who get paid a shit ton of money. They don't normally pan out. Like you can get like another year or two out of him, but he's also been hurt. And then you guys have talked for years about how Daniel Jones is not the quarterback you're looking for. What happens if this team ends up going 500 and you're kind of like, or does better than 500 and now you're kind of stuck with him? I, all right, let me, let me take this one only because I know that Q will fucking correct everything that I say wrong here. Um, this is an, unca- first off, let's, let's just remember that we're only five games into the season. Um, so there's still a lot of football to be played, but if things keep going the way they're going right now, um, despite like some of Daniel Jones's struggles on that field, I would commit to him again. I really would, which sounds fucking wild because I'm actually going to say, keep Daniel Jones ditch Saquon. And this is a wild thought because I I'm really loving both of them right now. And they're really the core of this offense. Like if you watch the first 12, offensive plays it was like run by Saquon pass to Saquon and he was doing great work and he came back in that game and he fucking he he uh he fucking had that huge break fucking at the end of the game you know like he they both both of them are putting in every fucking ounce they got the thing is I don't know if it's purely just Saquon's talent that's doing this as much as it's an improvement in our run blocking and better play calling. And if we could get younger legs that are just as snappy and fast to the outside, can we do this with somebody else 
cheaper and receivers too. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like you know we're, we're talking about right now. Daniel Jones is doing everything I was hoping he might have done over the other years, and I had no patience for him going into the season. I figured he would just fuck up and eventually just get injured again, but he's playing through his injuries and he's fucking doing phenomenal. And I, I have to give him credit because everyone's been fucking tough on him. And I feel like he's deserved at least for me to give him the rest of the season to make a full, like um, kind of uh, assessment on his, on his playing abilities. So that's why that's my unconventional take about this right now. Okay. I don't, I don't think there's a wrong answer to this. I, I think that we're all kind of in a wait-and-see mode because, yeah, if he takes us to the NFC Championship game, then we have to reassess. And I think that's what Joe Shane is doing, though. But Joe Shane has done nothing so far but decline to fifth-year option, which would have been $22 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money. For it's a, a lot of money. He knows, how to squeeze, he knows how to squeeze the milk out of the, the cow, though. But, but franchise tag would have been 30 something million for Daniel Jones. So, you know, it, that's if, if he ends up having a great year and they have to franchise him, it's going to be a lot more than the 22. Um, I, Listen, Saquon, if he's willing to take like a Nick Chubb type deal, I'm all in. I'm not giving him a Christian McCaffrey type deal. It is, it is a absolute way to destroy your team. And I think if you look at Buffalo, they they don't have. They they draft running backs. They don't they don't pay their guys. So I think that's I think I I think Joe Shane understands that Saquon is kind of special, but he's not going to overpay and potentially risk um, the the franchise on re-signing him. I think they're gonna they're gonna talk to him, and I think Saquon understands that there is a benefit to having him being in New York. So he might be willing to take a little bit less money off of the contract to be able to keep the endorsements, but. Jones is the more important question here. I'm not as optimistic as you are, Gatto. And only because I give Jones a lot of credit. The dude is fucking tough as shit, man. Like, ankle injury, playing through it. Fucking Big crypto David- guy. <laughs> yeah. David Sills is like his wide receiver one, and he's just making it work. But this is the issue, is that Daniel Jones, if you look at all the advanced metrics, like time to throw and things like that, he still is near the bottom of the list. He's a slow processor, and I think everyone likes to talk about all the offensive line is dog shit. It is in a sense, but he doesn't help the situation because he, he, after four years in the NFL and four years at Duke, playing for David fucking Cutliffe, who is like, you know, renowned as a quarterback guy. He's still slow to process. He's still f- slow to get the ball out of his hand. It doesn't – I like, how does Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl last year with arguably the worst offensive line in football and Daniel Jones, after four years, can't make anything work? My The main point I'm getting at here is that he – I think he can win ugly games for you, but I don't think he'll ever – I think you could give him – uh, Chris Godwin and, you know, like the most elite weapons you can potentially give. And he would still struggle to run like a top five offense. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that can give you top five offense continually out, you know. So for me, 
I'm just I'm not worried. Like, you know, you mentioned are they playing themselves out of uh, a potential franchise quarterback in the draft? You can't think that way. You really can't because also at the end of the day, <laughs> Jalen Hurts right now, I argue, is probably the favorite for the MVP second round pick. Um, there are ways of getting quarterbacks outside of picking in. You know, I mean, look, the history shows that top five is where you want to get them, but mm-hmm. there are variables to all these things. And the elephant in the room is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I'm, I would just be hesitant about the Lamar Jackson thing because that is, there is a number of things that have, have to happen for him to be, uh, unrestricted free agent, and then ultimately, they don't need him to be. Well, so, they, like there's the restricted tag and shit like that, but ultimately, like that's not necessarily in the Giants' control right now. So yes, the franchise tag, and what's interesting is a guy like Lamar Jackson doesn't go on a franchise tag often, so no one really uses it. But the way that the franchise tag works, for anybody who doesn't know. They set, I think it's an average over the last five years, the top salary. So it would probably be like 35 million. The Ravens own his rights. The Giants can negotiate a contract with him. They can sign a contract with him. And then the Ravens have an opportunity to match that set offer. Now the Giants can structure it in a way to completely fuck the Ravens, right? So put it in a position where maybe they think twice about actually matching that offer. If they decline the offer, the Giants get Lamar Jackson. They have to give up two first round picks. But like if you have Lamar Jackson, like who gives a shit, right? Those that is a picks. first round pick. Yeah. Right. So like the Giants right now are in the 2023 draft. Their pick is 27. Mm-hmm. So would you give up the 27th pick and then a future one for Lamar Jackson? I fucking would. Yeah. And you see so, teams trade out of like that 20, that late right. 20s and just go to the second round. You never see a guy like of the caliber of player Lamar Jackson fall into you know that that position. So no one really uses the opportunity to like steal someone off of like if the relationship's that bad, the Ravens might just say, like, all right, give us a couple first round picks and we'll call it a day. It's weirder weirder things have happened in this league. Um, if they don't feel like paying him. Um, so I know it's a pipe dream. I'm just saying that I'm putting it out there that there are other opportunities other than just getting CJ Stroud or Bryce Young in the first round. Yeah. And I, I'm curious because I think like you had mentioned that, that run of games that they have with Jacksonville, Houston, and a couple others. Those, yeah, those sound winnable depending on like how those teams fare injury wise and if they're home games or away games. But Detroit also, yeah, I um, mean, those are all winnable games at this point. So I think the thing, the thing that I'm thinking about too, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this is a part of me wants to look at Daniel Jones complete like imagine this is his rookie season because this is actually the first time in his career where there's been stability in the front office where people know what the fuck is going on dave gettleman is playing we somewhere out in east hampton never to be seen or heard from again um he's he's scouting uh madden he's scouting madden picks right now yeah he's a fucking horse he's He's scouting like he's he's scouting like 
creative player leagues. Yeah, Josh Rivers from uh, Utah State. This kid's a fucking house. <laughs> but and John Mara's like, okay, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's like don't, that guy doesn't exist. Block his phone number. <laughs> but you have a competent front office for the first time in forever. You have a competent head coach who believes in the guys that are there. And it seems like Mike Kafka is actually a pretty good offensive coordinator. They're winning games. He, he was in his fucking bag on Sunday. Yeah. And that fucking end, that double end around to, to that tight Bellinger end was fucking insane, man. Beautiful. I mean, that's the kind of game you have to play when you're from North Northwestern, but all that to be said, like, <laughs> and there was something to be said. Um, what's his name? Um, Dominique Foxworth on his podcast. He said, there is something to quarterbacks effectively walking up to the line and knowing who they're going to throw to. Mm. And I know that you said that he's a slow processor, but if you think about the guys that he's had playing receiver in any position, it's been booty. I and agree. But like Joe Burrow been that way. But Joe Burrow can go. Joe Burrow played at LSU. He played at Ohio State. Daniel Jones played at Duke. And none of those guys are professional receivers. And none of the guys the Giants have had have been elite level receivers. And the reason why Joe Burrow is able to do what he does is because he has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on opposite sides of the field. Both those guys, both those guys played in national championships, by the way. No argument. And I'm wondering if you give Daniel Jones a year of confidence, a year of health, and a year with a competent offensive coordinator, head coach, and then you put some weapons around him, could he be like a 25 touchdown a year, 3,800 yards kind of guy that you can have stability? Is he an Alex Smith that you can build a team around? He... Yes, but you have to remember here, quarterback. So quarterbacks are, if you put yourself in a position where you're a Kirk Cousins, right? Good enough to start and good enough to be better than some of the quarterbacks in the league. But guy that like, do you feel like that Kirk Cousins is going to win you a championship? No, but I, he's no, he's not. So Daniel Jones has an opportunity to be a guy who's making $35 million a year at quarterback, but like he's cut down on the mistakes. And I, I, again, I'm, I'm not hating on Daniel Jones here. I'm giving him tons of fucking credit because he has looked incredible this year. But my question is, so I'll, I'll throw a question back to you. So if Brian Dable in five games can make Daniel Jones look as good as he has, do you think that he could take a guy with maybe greater physical ability, maybe a quicker processor, a guy, you know, quicker trigger at throwing the ball. Do you think that he maybe could take a guy like that and turn him into a stud quarterback? I do. The rub here is finding one. And I'm not saying that they can't, but we've seen teams go to find something quote unquote better Mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to. A la Washington commies seizing the means of failure with letting um, Kirk cousins go and doing the things that they normally do. Like they thought they could do better than Kirk cousins and they couldn't. And you've seen teams say we can do better without him and they end up not. 
So yeah. I think that's that's ultimately like the gamble. And I think the NFL is not built anymore to have guys be in the fourth and fifth round, sit for a year, and then come in and start and be productive. So I think the Giants were smart. They got Tyrod for – or Tyrod, as he apparently said it is, um, for the two years – and they kind of have him as a bridge for next year, and we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I'm all for, by the way, if the Giants like look at the quarterback room and they're like, "This outside of CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, it sucks," and like we're not going to get anybody at this point. I'm all for giving him a one and one, like a one and uh, another another year plus like a, a team option or something. Show us, give us another year. And I've said, I said it in the Discord today. Go get fucking DJ Moore. The, the Panthers are fucking desperate to unload guys, you know, so make a move for, for DJ Moore. He's on a manageable deal till 2026. He's 25 years old, three seasons in a row of a thousand yards receiving. I mean, he's, he's getting Baker Mayfield right now. So go get a guy like that and then see if fucking Daniel Jones can turn him into a consistent threat. Yeah. I need, so that's that. Okay. So that, so, okay. I'm going to like, Otto, cause I want to get Otto's opinion after this. Um, this is what I need to see from Daniel Jones. If you're asking me, what do I want to see to change my mind? You have to have a couple games where you, he's got three touchdowns, three passing touchdowns through five games. Mm -hmm. I need to see a game where you take over and throw three touchdowns. I'm not expecting that every single week, but like, I need to see that you can do it on a week to week basis. And I have not seen that since 2019, his rookie season, but, he beat up on a lot of bad teams during those years. So that year, so and he, like he had twenty-two total passing touchdowns over the last two seasons. So I need to see that you can like be in the red zone, make good decisions, and because they they've been running the ball a lot, they're second in rushing uh, in the NFL. So I need to see him throw it more often. I understand the receivers are bad, but like I still need to see it. Make them better if you're yeah. a quarterback. So Gatto, what do you think about like what is transcribed as far as like would you be open to something like that or like um i i would love to see some dj more in a giants uniform that would be great but i think one thing that i i will say is that i think with now someone who knows the fuck they're doing as a coach um you're seeing that daniel jones is coachable so for me seeing that he continues to grow and improve as he's done since the start of the season. I mean, he's shown he wants to play. He's shown he's tough as shit, right? And if he continues on this positive trend, and there could be days where he's had setbacks, but if, if it seems as if he's going on a positive trend, I'm I'm apt to think that getting getting a better room around him, because, I mean... I look at you know what 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 he's doing with with guys that literally got pulled off the fucking practice squad over the last two weeks. Um, you know, if you can keep going in this direction, that's all the the Giants are really like. That's what they need right now. I I don't. I think there's like a need to compare teams to like you know like to each other in, in ways that are uncomparable. Yeah. There's teams out there that are just, you know, fucking Kansas city 
is going to blow the lid off of a scoreboard. That's what they fucking do. Yeah. But like that doesn't that doesn't ultimately win you a championship as much as a team that continually can just trend in a positive direction towards a championship. And again, if we're talking what's going to happen next year, like it it looks like things are things are pretty much cooked for for the Panthers. They're probably looking to get a top quarterback prospect. If they're not, I would say probably someone like the Titans are. If they're not, someone like the Falcons are. If they're not, um, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. I mean, we're just there's a lot of teams that are probably vying for one of the few top options next year, and the Giants are not getting C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. It's, it's just not. It's it, not happening. And no. it's never really unless they trade cards. up to do it. It's not going to work out. And, and I don't. I don't think that's going to happen because the Panthers are bo- near bottom. You know, I just don't. Th- you have to be able to find a partner and you know to trade up. I just and, don't see it happening. And let's not forget that. And I'm not saying that they're even comparable, but let's not forget all the doubts that that were had about Josh Allen and what this front office this head coach were able to do with that guy and turn him into an absolute fucking stud over time and granted he did have a better receiving room so if if daniel jones can prove and i think if you ask if you ask brian deball right now what he thinks about daniel jones he's fucking ecstatic i don't think he had that same type of optimism about daniel jones going into the season but I think right now he's really loving what he's getting out of the guy. And I, I'm willing to just see where it goes. I, again, what comes of like the end of this year is going to be the big determinant. I mean, we could just – this is that time time of the year where, where the Giants get you into a false sense of security. You think they're going to be competitive in the NFC East, and all of a sudden they just fall to shit. And most of our divisional games come at the very tail end of the season, and – they're going to be fucking back to back to back to back. So, you know, we'll see where where things go and what happens because those are always tough games. Yeah, I, I want to throw that out there because, like, I feel like I'm being like almost kind of mean towards Daniel Jones at this point. It's not nah. intentional. No, nah. it's 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 just purely that like you're that's a big like giving him a contract is a huge deal because. Everything Joe Shane has done so far has been the antithesis of that, you know, declining the fifth year option, signing Tyrod Tyra Taylor to like a two year deal. Very curious that like two year, huh? Like not a one, you know, not just a one year contract. So it sounds like you want him to almost be your bridge quarterback to your rookie quarterback next year. I still think that like and I, I and there's a great beat writer for the athletic. I've made the athletic my pick of the week in the past. Dan Duggan. Uh, he does the he does awesome work. He wrote a, um, an article about the Mariners that was incredible. I recommend anybody if you're a Giants fan and you like reading good uh, like good reports. He's he's the guy to focus on. He's like the Tolstoy of uh, <laughs> yeah, <Giants laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so for me, I I always like I, he's very level headed to where I think some are maybe more. A little too hypocritical, like you know, critical about them, and some people are a little too like homerish about the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very centered, and and somebody had asked him, "How do you feel 
about Daniel Jones being the future quarterback. And he's like, he's like, it was about 15% a couple weeks ago. He's like, I'm at like 25% now, which is like, it, you know, higher than jump, I, believe it or not, higher than I expected it to be. Um, but I, I don't want to. And again, I'm trying, I'm trying not to be the pessimist here, but through five weeks last year, Daniel Jones was like pro football focus is like third ranked quarterback. He was playing really, really well. And then he got hurt. So I need, we, we are all getting way ahead of ourselves here. The giants have to show that they can consist like, cause like I have no doubt that they can go toe to toe with like the top teams, but like the Chicago bears game was frustrating. And I, and God, I think you'll, you'll agree with me there. Chicago sucks. They're really bad. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping that it was going to be like a beat up. Like, man, we're going to fucking bury these guys. And it just didn't happen. And it kind of were in it. And then this game, you know, you're going against a much better team and you pretty much dominate them in the second half. So, so this week is the Ravens. I'm expecting a loss. I'm going to predict a loss right now because I think that everyone's riding high and I think they're going to play well. But I think Lamar Jackson is going to be too much for them. After that, Seattle, Detroit, Houston, like fucking Houston. I want to see you bury them. Like I want to see twenty-eight to three, you know, type of game. So I mean, in terms of success for the Giants, again, I'm still going off of like previous years to this year. If like if if the defense if the defense the defense if the defense can't hold up um against you know Lamar Lamar Jackson and the uh the Ravens offense I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked it's it's how the offense the Giants offense plays in consi- in consideration do if 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 they can't stay in the game that's a problem, right? If they can't continue to score to try to to catch up, that's the problem. See, in a game in which they're able to limit the amount of offense of a team, you know, like it's just again, we're 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 going with it's quality coaching, it's team winning, but it doesn't mean that one specific part of the team is doing their part as much as the others. And yeah. it's it's important to designate that because I think the the Giants defense played a hell of a game. This past week, um, okay, they they I, bent, but they didn't break, which is the only way you really stop an Aaron Rodgers. And they kept, and the offense was good enough to keep a slow progression to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and that was the key to the victory there. So, so let, let's talk about this for a second. By the way, for all the teams that are either four or one or five or five and L right now, the giant the best combined win loss record of their opponents is the New York Giants. So the Giants is like everyone's saying like they're fa- facing no one. Well, the teams that they face are winning games. So it you know they that that's it is what it is. But like I gotta say, man, Joe Shane and and Dable they they have suffered so many injuries. Leonard Williams has been out for the last three games. Dory Jackson got did not did we not feel when Dory Jackson got hurt like this game's over like there's no way there, there was like a certain level of dread Ooh, which is another thing we we need to go to about football games in London at some point um, I fucking hate them so much so oh, bro. Oh, and and don't forget that 
Kovnas next one or the following one will actually be in Munich. So that might even be pushed an hour earlier. Oh, oh, the yes. Germans. Yeah. Oh, with the, with the chocolate and the watches. Und ja. <laughs> oh, yeah. Und Specs. <laughs> und, und. Und Specs. Und Specs. Und Specs. Um, so Jalen Smith fucking signed off the street, crushing it. The practice got a squad. They had two McKinney. practice squad cornerbacks. Fucking dude, Xavier McKinney's fucking awesome. He's Beast. so good. Out he, of control. He's just been so fucking, and he's been so fucking good. Uh, I, I just like they keep bringing these guys in, and it just keeps working. And now, like, I'm excited to see what Wink Martindale has for Landon Collins. Landon Collins is fucking back. Should have never left in the first place, in my opinion. I'm so glad he needs to go get back. paid in Washington and not do anything. $86 million over six years. I mean, oh, man, I was so happy for him that he got paid, but I was like, I'm, I did not want that was ridiculous, especially the safety market. Like the top guys were only making like 10, 12 million a year. So I've, you know, risen, I've stopped asking why Washington does things. <laughs> just do yeah. So I do getting Landon Collins back. I think like they're going to line him up as like a blitzer. They're going to play him kind of like an intermediate as like a, like a, almost like a, quasi linebacker like that cam chancellor kind of role oh man mm. like but like i mean they just like yeah. you know aziz Dewari hasn't been healthy thibodeau missed a bunch of games leonard williams missing a couple play i mean like tay crowder was their number one inside linebacker and that guy like arguably is like a practice squad player on most teams the fact that wink martindale has been able to by the way giants are a top five defense right now through five weeks the fact that he's been able to manufacture this and like even like um Matt LaFour was saying like they were they were baiting us to th- they were they were playing single high the entire second half which is insanely dangerous when you have like practice squad corners and he's like they just they just they figured it they had he's like they were baiting us to throw and it just wasn't working it just we it's not what we wanted to do we wanted to they wanted to take the underneath death by a thousand paper cuts and it's like he's like they just kept baiting us to throw deep, and he's like he's like credit to Wink, he's like they just they figured it out. I mean that, and that's the thing. I think if you're if you're any of the other teams and you're reviewing film, you watch this game to learn how the Giants are probably going to be playing for the rest of the season, and you also watch this to learn how to beat the Packers because the cat's out of the fucking bag with this one. How many times, Gato? How many times did we see a first half in which the Giants get beat up? Like with Joe Judge or whoever the fuck was at the helm, fucking Macafuck. And the second half, the same fucking shit keeps happening to us. And we're like, what are you guys doing at halftime? Are you just sitting there fucking like checking your fucking fa- your my you know your Facebook and your MySpace if you if it's old enough? They're just like reference. whatever ben happened out there in the first MySpace. Right. Nakadu is checking his MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> He's just adding new features, changing the background. He's like, he so when like you go to my page, if, when you go to when you go to my page, plays "Hooked on a Feeling" by Kansas. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can embed it into the software. Carry on my wayward soul. <laughs> so. But like for them to adjust in the second half, like they were, they were, and like on offense too, they were trying, they were trying to play more straightforward because Daniel Jones wasn't really able to roll out as much. That wasn't working, so they switched to more vertical passing. The adjustments that they're making at the half 
are crucial and winning them. They are the best second half team in football, in my opinion. They the the adjustments are outstanding, and, yeah. and it shows each week. Um, the Giants do better in the second half, and I think part of it is also why you do see a little bit of a delay in first first half action for the Giants is that a lot of what they're doing is trying to find those tender spots either in the defense or the offense um, of the other team. So if you notice, there's more of like, I think the first half you'll see that there's more just nonsense motion just to see what areas of of the field get closed up, what how defensive uh, defensive adjustments are made. Uh, You're seeing much much different packages. Like I think I saw like a trips in the first half and I didn't see a trips till almost the near end of the game. Again, um, you'll see that like, we'll, we'll go back and forth between different types of screens before we, we set ourselves on one screen because one of the frustrating things about the first half of that game was, uh, there was a lot of true screens, and the true screens were not working. To they were not open. They were not open. Yeah. And and then we changed it up, and we started going with like bubble screens, or we were going with more. Uh, in and I, so, I think it was you, or me, was it you, Tom? I forget. Someone someone kept calling out for play action. Uh, I was I was I was screaming was, for more play action, and and that's what I was saying. Throw to fucking Darius Slayton. Throw to Darius Slayton, and they started, and that's what kind of getting. So I want to read off something. Bobby Skinner, who is the host of Talking Giants, it's a really good podcast for the thing we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I'm gonna so if, so from his Twitter account, I'm gonna steal some stats because he's really always very good with this. The Giants are currently 18th in scoring um, in the NFL. They were 31st for the last two seasons, wow. so through five games. But if you go off solely second half, they're sixth in scoring. So they are they are definitely a strong second half team. And currently, right now, the Giants are ranked 13th in red zone touchdown percentage at 58.3. That's 28th in red zone trips, though. So they've barely had any red zone trips. But when they are in the red zone, they're super efficient. They were 32nd and 31st in the past two seasons. So right now, 13th. The opportunity, I think actually the Giants offense is probably a buy low right now. If if you're in fantasy and you're looking for guys that like maybe could explode in the second half of the season, Daniel Jones is probably a buy, buy low at this point. He's probably on waivers in most leagues. Because the scoring opportunities are going to come. If you're that efficient in the red zone, the trips are going to get there. So especially against a team like the Lions and Texans, like those are the opportunities where they could score 30, 40 points. All right. Now you got your, your Giants, Phil, out. I came. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Full stop. Um Anything else about this past week of football? Um, any shocks? Any surprises? Any um, you saw this coming? Uh, ooh, the fucking the Jets, man! <laughs> they fucking ran a clinic on it on the fucking Dolphins. Not not that I can blame them. The Dolphins have identity crises across the entire. Yeah, the when entire you're when you're. Field. When your starting backup quarterback goes down in the first quarter, it's not going to be great. Brees Hall, Brees Hall is a fucking dog. Yeah, he he is just insane, man. Um, 
yeah, the Jets have been surprising. Surprisingly, really, really good. Defense has just been fucking, like, swarming. Now, granted, I mean, Skylar Thompson was playing pretty much the entire game. Which, by the way, second mouse prediction, bold prediction that Skylar Thompson would be starting. Your man here. You're welcome. I got plenty of them. Keep coming. Um, the biggest surprise for me so far is the Bengals, man. Just fucking mm. miserable. Gotta be Super Bowl hangover. It is, yeah. And I mean, fucking they were but the Rams are not any good either. They're booty too. No, they are. Yeah. I feel like it's more fixable for the Rams, though. I don't know what's going on with the with the Bengals. And I'm I'm almost kind of happy this is happening. I don't have anything against Zach Taylor. He's not it, man. He I don't I didn't think he was it from when they hired him. And I'm kind of hoping that this maybe sparks a conversation about like maybe we should like capture the magic of these unbelievable elite players and get ourselves an elite coach. Um they were Can averaging I- four air yards per. Like, I mean, like, just not throwing the ball deep. And, like, you know, I understand they're playing a lot of safeties over Chase and all that. Higgins got hurt. But, like, man, they just look terrible. Can I touch on the coaching thing for a second? Please. I think this is a – I think we need to be very careful about, like, recruiting every, like, assistant coach – who has come from a certain like coaching tree because Matt LaFleur um, and Zach Taylor are two guys that have come from the um, Sean McVay coaching tree. LaFleur seems to be decent, but they win 13 games every single year. Zach Taylor, on the other hand, he strikes me as more like the guy who's managed to sit close enough to Sean McVay for people to think like he might be good. <laughs> he's just Sean McVay's boy. Someone he's saw like in all the, the photo ops. You someone, know? someone saw Zach Taylor fist bump Sean McVay once and they were like, got to hire this guy. They didn't realize it was only because he brought a towel to him. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like this happens all the time where you have guys <laughs> who who are coaches on teams that all of a sudden are upstarts and do well. And then they they go right out and get head coaching jobs. I'm pretty sure Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach and in L.A. for yes. Jared Goff when it's very publicly known that Sean McVay was basically feeding the plays directly to Jared Goff at the line and telling him what adjustments need to be made. That's why they were successful, not necessarily because Zach Taylor is a great coach. It's the Belichick I'm, problem. Yes. I'm- I mean, I'm going to say that like this issue is something that persists across. It's not even just football. It's across every everybody, even everybody's everyday normal job. Like the dude that's like around it is it is a level of nepotism. It's a level there's there's some, you know, it's it's just part of the whole game. It's like, oh, you're you're so and so's boy. There's like this credibility that you get for. Um, you know, being along for the ride or uh, knowing the right people in the right places. It's just how the world kind of works, you know? And the problem with the NFL and, and like to the point you're getting at Tom, and this is something I wholly agree is like, we need to stop looking at these family trees. Like they're these coaching family trees. Like they're these like 
they're the gift from God. Like only only the few from here know anything about football, and we need to start thinking. Well, who's who's like proving themselves on on the stage and come from nowhere, or might might be able to do this without you know having at all um been in the same you know been in the same fucking coaching meetings as as the fucking you know tops of these trees the roots of these trees i wholeheartedly agree and i think like drafting quarterbacks picking coaches for being teams is so hit or miss in some cases where ultimately employment by proximity is what a lot of people choose if they're lazy and I think probably what happened was the Bengals saw, hey, here's a guy who's on a really successful team. He's not a high-ranking position. He's not a well-known assistant. So that means he's probably cheap, so we can get him. I was just about to say that. The Bengals are notoriously the cheapest franchise in the NFL. And I think the reason why they hired Zach Taylor was because they missed out on, like, their top 10 of guys and they were like, well, like, all right, we'll just take a chance on the young, you know, potential guy who's going to take a lot less money and credit to him. I mean, look, he, he, he failed upward. <laughs> he, well, I mean, he coached in the fucking Super Bowl, So, I mean, like, I, I can't really talk too much shit about him. He got there, but it's like, it, it just feels like they're not built for long-term success. And like, you have a guy like Burrow, who's so talented. You've got chase, Higgins, all these guys who are so fucking talented and just can't seem to get it going. And I just don't understand what the problem is. And, and this is, that's the thing. It's like looking at that score, it's reflective of not a defensive issue, but an offensive issue. You know, they're only putting up 17 points where last year, I don't think I watched them have a game under 23. You know what I mean? Like, so it it just. I would be curious if they fire the offensive coordinator midseason because they had that just feels a, like a patsy move. Well, I mean it's the it's the step that you make before you eventually fire the head coach. Yeah. Um I wanted to talk about something because I, I don't know if you guys saw two different incidents. There was the ending of the Tampa Bay Atlanta game. Oh, that was bullshit. There was a lot of controversy because Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady and it was a clean sack as far as 99.9% of the people saw. Now, the way that it, it occurred was, for anybody who didn't see it, Grady Jarrett was able to get behind Tom Brady, kind of grabs him, while going down, kind of moves Tom Brady across his body and Brady's body hits the floor. They called it um, roughing the passer basically saying that they body slammed him, but you know, Tua getting body slammed would did not get the same call, but also on the opposite. And while that game was going on, there was the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Um, They were going against the Buffalo bills and there were probably about three times where Kenny Pickett got hit hard when he was going to the ground. A couple of times, James Daniels, the right, the guard stepped in and started the fight over it, which I think he was justified Kenny Pickett on the last one started shoving the one guy after a late hit. Which respect to Kenny Pickett. Respect yeah. because honestly, like kids got balls, and Mike Tomlin backed him up in the post uh, uh, the press conference after afterwards. I was very happy to hear that, and he said it was justified. 
because they were going after him and not a single fucking penalty was called. Like, I mean, literally slides to the ground and then boom. And uh, like leading with shoulder, didn't hit him with the crown of the helmet, didn't go head helmet to helmet or anything, but like it's a fucking late hit. So is this a Tom Brady getting a call thing? Or do you think it's like, is Tom Brady getting special treatment because of his age at this point? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think there is an incentive by the league to um, protect its interests. And the older you are, the more they'll protect you if under cert- other circumstances, which I will include, uh, I believe we've had this controversy for years with skin color also being another part of who gets protected and who gets the favorable calls. Um, yep. I agree. I, you know, and, and it's, look, reffing isn't perfect, but, like, it's a very subjective. Same crew, by the way, that fucked up the Ravens game the, the previous week. And that's, and that's the thing, is that. Break them up. I, I think, I think one of the things I've seen this year is a lot of confusion amongst refs about how to well define a, um, you know, a personal foul in regards to, uh, a, 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 you know, um, a, a nasty hit or um, uh, hitting the quarterback, whatever it is. It, it just seems that they're not all on the same page and they need to get there and they need to make sure they're not protecting certain interests over others. See, plays like that, it makes me want to say they should be reviewable because – if they were to look at that back in a replay, they would say, all right, that's just a, that's a normal sack. And it's frustrating to me. And frankly, it bothers me that Brady is able to get away with plays like that and like effectively kick the guy who is the one who sacked him. Like if you watch the end of that play, he gets all fussy and shit and starts kicking his legs around. Um, and that's not the first time that Tom Brady has done that. And then he went and bitched and moaned to the refs and they gave him the call. And it's annoying because that's the kind of stuff that should be policed out of the game where like there's a whole montage of him like getting bumped by somebody and falling to the ground like he's been assassinated. But I want to go back to that Pittsburgh game where. Do you, do you mind if I just say I because I, I have an Alex Jones thing for the Tampa game. Okay. It's not. It didn't. I, I looked at the line and it didn't really look like it works based upon the conspiracy theories that some people were putting out. The NFL has been in bed with Vegas and betting, and there were some people making the point of like. Was this done to save bets? I don't want to make that accusation, but I wouldn't doubt it. It feels like there are certain situations where certain calls are just kind of being like, I mean, look, the line was 10 for the, for the bucks. So this didn't change anything. Um, Like the bucks still didn't cover as far as I'm, as far as that I'm concerned there. They, they didn't win the game by 10 and also the over under was 46 and a half. So I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think they even, but if the under was like, if they wanted to hit on the under that it was getting close. So, but I, I don't think it would have hit either. 
But I'm just saying that, like, there are some people who are worried that, like, maybe it's starting to influence how the refing. And I mean, we saw I, Tim Tim Donahue. You know, we've seen this before with the NBA. So, and that was pre relationship between like correct. gambling services and right. professional sports. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Got him. I mean, I wouldn't say the NFL at large is protecting betting lines. Um, I, I would not go that far. And I'd also like to say that, again, talking about how referees are making calls, it is a very difficult job to make calls. And they do a great job on a lot of calls. But this is one of those where sometimes it feels like it's a bad hit and it's not as bad as it seems or it sounds louder than it really is. Um, and then other times the play act, the plays action is somewhere else. So no one's even paying attention. They don't see it. Um, I, I worry that like, there's always that level of corruption available and the temptation has never been higher. You're right. Q. Um, the one, the one thing is I'd want to know, like, what are, what are like, um, what are the rules regarding like contact of referees with um, people that might be working for either Vegas or betting uh, these betting companies? You know, I feel like if there's, if there's something going on where there's like people that are almost like representative conglomerate, like, you know, like almost like, you know, how the pharmaceutical company has reps that go out and take you out on for a fucking steak dinner you know, um, I wonder how much like the 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 league allows things like that. There's always the chance that somebody. I mean, can... it, it it could be the same thing as the Tim Donaghy situation, where Tim Donaghy was not the one placing bets, but somebody on his behalf was doing it. I'm not. Again, I think we need to be really careful about what we're saying here, and we're not accusing. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't find <laughs> this, that any this, of is, this is nefarious. To this be is all speculation. Are... But I, what I am going to say though, is that people are going to start really paying close attention to controversial calls and how it impacted betting. So I think a lot of this ultimately is the doing of the NFL because they have invested so heavily in two areas, gambling and cryptocurrency. I, I lean this whole thing, by the way, the, the call more about the two of thing more than anything else. I think that they're just being PR. overtly cautious, but like, you wanted to talk about the uh, Pittsburgh game, so uh, I think you had a an additional yeah, Gatto. You had one. You had a thought that you wanted to get out in the world, but I want to give you some space on that. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Is it gone? Um, what uh, which what is the thought uh, that I I no, I was just the the real thought that I had was was mainly that um you know we we also need to be fair of that. I think there is this this observer effect that does occur too where we're seeing that gambling and the NFL are now much closer allies and we're making a we're bridging a connection between you know that that piece of data and making causation it a cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think it's easy to look at things from afar and 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 even going back to that play in the Tampa game where Everything looks a lot slower when you're farther away. But if you are the ref that's 15 yards away from that play happening, it's moving very quickly. Yeah. So I understand that. But at the same time, 
I kind of don't because I feel like Brady gets those calls all the time. But I, I did want to go to that Steelers game where they got the piss knocked out of them. Yeah, that was ugly. And yeah. I don't know if you had mentioned this earlier, Q, but that slide that Kenny Pickett had where he got hit. Yeah. I'm not going to be trying. I'm not trying to be an asshole. But Kenny Pickett did that to himself when he fake slid in a college game and they went for <laughs> By it. By the way, he, boss. Boss ass move. They they ban they ban that. Well, so like now, if you do that in college football, you're down by contact. Right, right. So all that to be said, that was a killer move in that game where he fake slid, and the the DB backed off, and he was able to correct himself and run down the field. How many jazz classes did you take? Did he take to get that move? Dude, I I like Kenny. (laughs) I I like Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, man. He, 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 I, I became a fan after watching him literally just take on a defender. Uh, yes, like yes. stand up, stand up for himself, man. Cause like most quarterbacks don't get into that mix. And he seems like, he seems like a kind of like a perfect Pittsburgh quarterback. Threw yeah. 300 yards too, by the way. Fucking I mean, scrappy. I mean, it was garbage time, scrappy. 300 yards, but he so. still did it comparative to other quarterbacks that we know a la Danger Rich Carson Russ. Wentz. Oh. Who, <laughs> Hey man, you know what? I hope Carson Wentz starts forever because that man in fantasy is just keeping me whole. There was funny. I was on Twitter and the guy who was the head coach for Last Chance U on Netflix, he was breaking down that last play in the Washington game. He's like, I don't know who the fuck said this was a good play, but everybody <laughs> should be fired. Like he's yeah. like, why? Why would you throw to this guy who is running this route? And I mean, I think. I need to go in my – I only want to spend like two and a half minutes on the Commanders, and I, I don't want to spend much more time on that because this so, is – no, 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 no. No, no, I have a question for you about the Commanders. And then, we can, and then you can get into whatever you want. Sure. Um, do you feel as though the yes, goodwill – Yes, Ron Rivera needs to be fired today. Do you think that the goodwill story of Ron Rivera, everything he's gone through in the last 10 years, do you think that is a, he's getting the Chuck Pagano treatment where it's like he should have been fired a year ago and it's like they're just going to keep pushing him out there and be, until he decides, all right, I think it's time. I'm going to step down because they, they don't want the bad publicity of firing him. Do you think, I, that, do you think I, that, that plays into it? A hundred percent. He had a lot of goodwill in Carolina because he brought them to that Super Bowl game and he got fired. And of course, he's like a known quantity in the NFL. So he was immediately like a top option for all the teams that were looking for somebody. He got cancer when he was there. Yeah. He beat it. Thank God. Good for, Good him. for him. Yeah. None of that has to anything to do with him being a football coach. And None. I, 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 I also don't think him going to a Super Bowl has anything to do with him, and more to the fact that Cam Newton was a fucking monster that year. The the one problem with, and this is across all sports, is we love a good fucking sports story of any sort, and that is one of the big problems. And I, you know, he, like, this past game, clock, you know, clock management. Um, timeout management was a major undoing for them. And like when asked about it later, you know, 
he was just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, I guess we'll get it next time kind of attitude about it. He said, Checked it, out. It, it's great to be able to second guess. It really is. Yeah, he like was unfazed that he had made such a bad call. And I think a lot of other coaches in, in the NFL would be turning around and saying, I really fucked up there. Or like, you know, they would they would be taking it a lot more personal um, than he kind of just shrugged it off like no big deal like he's not worried about it at all i think he's, when he's, i think when you start getting that like nonchalant answers it's like it's time yeah, yeah. and they're that 50 he, he's 15 and 23 right now as the head coach for washington they went seven and nine and were the the best team in the nsc east and went to the playoffs in 2020 seven and nine that's also the covid year too so I, I think everyone needs to be mindful of that. The thing that I think bothers me is somebody asked him today, what's the difference between the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys? And he said the quarterback position. Keep in mind, he's the head fucking coach. He's the one who said, let's go out and get Carson Wentz. Or if anything said, I'm cool with Carson Wentz being the starting quarterback for this team. And he said, like, Carson's got to play better. We have to do better. Like, and, and frankly, I've never been terribly impressed with Ron Rivera as a coach. I think he got a lot of attention because they went to a Super Bowl when he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears. Everybody on that team has kind of been booty since then. Again, kind of like, of, of, like you had Brian Urlacher as your fucking middle linebacker and you had you had Lance Briggs you had all these guys there was no coaching involved it was like you all are just fucking really good that linebacker core was just fucking so dirty and mega and there's a lot of like modern components that don't exist back then no going like didn't go on back then so it was more player player centric too it was like coaching I I think he's going to stick around because that team is in so much flux with Dan Snyder and everything that's happened. They're the, he's the only thing they know is consistent with that whole team between the, the Dwayne Haskins like situation and Dan Snyder, like his lawsuits, like the front office probably just wants to keep, somebody who is stable but at the same time like cool we have a stable coach we're going to be four and 13 very unconventional conspiratorial take he chose carson wentz because he's an easily disposable object he's that will not, allow him though. to stick around he's longer. not he's oh, not yeah, that, the way they structured that contract, the, the contract yeah. is brutal and they on and they have an they have a third round pick so it was a third round pick this past season, and it's going to turn into a second round pick on based if it turns into a second round pick based on play uh, play how many snaps he plays. So you could theoretically stop it from turning into a second round pick if you bench him and go to Sam Howell, but they won't fucking do it. So they're going to cost themselves a higher draft pick by playing Carson Wentz some more and only losing more games and making it more valuable for the Indianapolis Colts. It's really, it's, ah, ah, I'm eating it up like a dangerous. Mm. Be careful. It's spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking mess right now. And the only, and I, yes, I have a question for you. 
I'm a Knicks fan. You're a Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated. It's complicated for anybody who's a Knicks fan or Washington Commanders fan, Miami Dolphins fan. It's a complicated relationship because I fucking hate James Dolan, but oh, I want the, the Knicks to be successful. Is there any small piece of you, very small inside of you, that is kind of happy when the Commanders fail because it means that Dan Snyder fails? Small piece of you, because like when the Knicks suck, I'm kind of like, you know, at least he fucking deserves it. Yeah, but not in the way that you're thinking, because ultimately, like, trust me, there's nothing more on earth that I want than a to go to a Knicks fucking championship parade in Matt in New York City, and like be blacked out. Screaming and side talks, fucking you know, cameras. <laughs> this, championship! this is cute, big bong. Wow, Spider Cars, give me a fucking fist bump. <laughs> you know? The um, thing is, though, the thing is, though, is that I need to be really careful as as you and I both have to be very careful as Knicks fans. Is that any losing means more madness? Always. And when, you know, let's say Washington goes four and 13 this year or three and 14 or one in 16. Yeah. You know what that means is they're going to draft somebody and ruin them. CJ, don't do that to CJ Stroud. Don't do it to him. You think I'm the one sitting (laughs) in those rooms with Dan Snyder? Dude, CJ Stroud is such a nice guy, man. He gave... He he took the NIL. NIL do you see that what CJ Stroud did with his no. NIL, NIL? He 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 got NIL money, and he ended up like distributing it to his like his teammates and all that. Like, don't do that to him. He's such a good kid. What a nice guy. Do you think I'm the one that wants that to happen to him? I want him to go to a team and be um, good. How could you do this to him? How could you do this to CJ? How could you personally do that to him? The thing, yeah. you know, what's going to happen? I is want Zach you to Taylor... look him in the eyes and tell him that you're doing this to him. Zach Taylor is going to get fired from Cincinnati. Ron oh, Rivera no. is going to... Re- no, no, no. Just, <laughs> this, listen, we're going to play this out. We we are the Doctor Strange on crystal meth, and this is how it lands. These, these are the, the cards that go into that little package for the game of fucking Clue. No, we're yeah. we're, Tom, we're Tom Cruise and Minority Report just grabbing stuff. And just... Yeah, yeah. Except we <laughs> we took a big fucking Hollywood line of cocaine and we're just gaming this out right now. So Zach Taylor gets fired from Cincinnati. Ron Rivera retires. Jack Del Rio becomes the head coach, oh, and God. Zach Taylor becomes the offensive coordinator. Maga Maga Del Rio. Yeah, and the first thing he's going to say in his like introductory press conference was he thought the January 6th riot was not a big deal. Guys, our our team played really well today. The election was stolen, and uh, I think Carson... Game was rigged. uh... Game was rigged. (laughs) He's like, Um, I do not accept the fucking... I'm I'm calling the results on the of this game. I'm calling on the Supreme Court to overturn the win by the New York Giants. Um, there was uh, there was uh, Venezuela and Hugo Chavez was involved, <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, he knows what happened. Talk to him. I can't wait for the fucking my pillow guy to be like the special teams coach. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike Lindell. I, I, I love how every guy from Minnesota sounds exactly the same. Like him and Jesse Ventura, like talking together would be fucking amazing. Like, listen here, okay? The election was stolen, okay? It'd be a very confusing podcast. I live in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico. I live on. I live out on the Baja. 9-11 was an inside job, okay? That's why I live in Mexico. It's the Baja, by the way. It's not Baja, it's Baja. No, you don't tell me. I'm I'm a fucking Marine, okay? I'm a Navy SEAL. Yeah, so that's... I, lo- I love Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura will be the president of the Washington God, Commanders. God, I, I love Jesse Ventura so much. He is the funniest fucking dude alive. So all that to be said, I am in a lot of pain right now um, because my team is a fucking train wreck. But at this, I've kind of actually kind of like distanced myself from them because I know how much of a shit show it was. And like, I'm just kind of a fan of the league now. So you're Rob Lowe sitting in the stands with the NFL hat. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, it's hard, man. Cause like as a Knicks fan, I, I go through it too, where it's like, fuck this guy, man. I don't want him to. Well, the difference, the difference is though, is like, it's not like being like a, a saints fan for 20 years where yeah. like they eventually figure it out. Like Washington will never figure it out because the guy who runs the team is a psychopath. He really is. Yeah. It's not like being a, a Vikings fan where periodically the team is good. It's Dan Snyder is the owner of this team who stole from other owners. And I don't normally feel bad for rich people, but bruh, how do you not get fired after stealing from your friends? Because rich, ste- rich guys expect it. Is anyone actually stealing from, from Dan Snyder? Because he's still filling fucking stands. And he's, he's still not. making... He's They're not. not filling the stands right now. That used to be a now. Sold. That's a different story. That okay. team used to be a sellout every game, even during like the Steve Spurrier. That will shake things out. Joe Gibbs. Oh, era. Steve Spurrier era was just booty, booty. What, what was uh? What was the? What was the? Uh, what was Jim Zorn? Yeah, the they Jim went eight eight one though. But all Ooh. People, I know, right? Ooh. But even during Careful. that time. It's spicy. But even during that time, though, those the stadium was sold out all the time. Yeah. I think the fans now have just said, fuck Dan Snyder. We're done. Like, it wasn't like this team's bad, but like, whatever. It was, no, no. The team's bad, and the owner is a piece of shit. Why do they, why do they look commanders? Because, never... all the, because they were too fucking slow, and all the other names were trademarked. And I understand, like, oh, we want to get the fans' perspective. Like, fans are stupid. Don't listen to them. The Washington Pigskins. They should have stuck. They should have stuck. Skins. If they stuck with the Washington Football Team, it would have been fantastic. Why? Why? I love the name. I I like Washington Football Team. It sounded like a fucking soccer club from Europe. Like it, like the Washington Football Team. Yeah, it It, sounded like an old timey name. The WFT I liked. It's great. Um, Yeah, I I like the old school helmets, which they still kind of have. But Commander sounds like a fucking exit, like a like a what's the like like an XFL team. Yeah, it sounds like it's command up. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Mm. Take, I take, feel like the name. Was, the take name was actually. The, 
the name was actually something that the subway marketing team came up with yeah pretty much they and asked jared who is in prison like hey man, i would i would have if loved, you were not in prison what would you want a team to be named <laughs> washington hogs would have been cool like go go back to like the the glory days of the 70s with the fucking hogs you could have people with the fucking hogs again like it just would have been cool and like it would have been i feel like it would have been like nostalgic and you know man dan snyder is a fucking joke man trust me like but again probably what happened was they moved way too slow and all the names got trademarked didn't they they, didn't they accidentally leak the names that they were thinking of yeah i could have swore there was like an accidental leak they were all bad though the one of the problems was that like all the washington trade trademark names this dude had trademarked and it was like yep. 6,000 fucking red like, hawks, the, red tails, <laughs> red yeah, doves. You know, it like, really like, was. <laughs> this guy really thought he was pulling like the ultimate fucking chess move. And then Dan Snyder was just like, it was like, yeah, uh, I'm it was not like giving ta- you none of that. It was like Taco in the league when he had DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so these were the names that were being considered the Red Wolves, the Wolves, mm. the Commanders, the Red Hogs, the Hogs, the Warthogs. I like the hogs. Defenders, admirals, armada, brigade, ugh. presidents. Armada, brigade? Who came up with those should have been fired? Armada? Fight. Oh. Isn't like, armada, isn't like armada like kind of like in It's a naval fleet. And, yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, there is we're, not we're a coming, port. There is not a port in D.C. We're coming to like raid your stadium or something. I don't know. Armada. Defenders it just sounds like something cool. that like a guy wearing a weird hair wig like with a fucking defender, I actually don't hate the defenders. Um, it 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 sounds yeah. You just be the butt of many jokes if you get blown out. But I mean, are they not <laughs> the butt of every joke right now? I mean, they're not commanding anything, so yeah. I even that... thought like the like the the red tails, like all right, like I fine, you know. I, I take that yeah. back. They are potentially commanding the first round draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> We're commanding the first pick in the draft. <laughs> yes. If I'm CJ Stroud or if I'm Bryce Young, you know what I'm doing? Throwing I'm games. Out, I'm trying to figure out how to play another sport. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna like, pull a John Elway. It's like, I'm going to learn how to play lacrosse. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Swimming just seems like a good idea these days. So, okay. Tom, you're a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankees mm-hmm. fan. Gatto, you're a Royals fan. Can we all just collectively for a second kind of laugh at the Mets? I mean, because... I feel bad for them. I don't for putting themselves in that position. I'm I'm so sick of the fucking Mets and their fans always getting so hyped before the playoffs and like literally you know how this story is going to end already. And yet every single time they're surprised when like the world comes crumbling down. Late seasons like mess ups, like can't close it out in Atlanta. Should have been the divi- should have been a division winner. All they had to do was win that one game. Couldn't do it. Now you're in the wild card. You're at home going against San Diego. Juan Soto, Machado, all these you know really good bats, and the fucking that house came one hit. Down. I, one yeah. hit. One I, hit. And I gotta say, I was really, really rooting for the Mets. I was not. I was absolutely like hoping they would because I can't stand 
the Padres jerseys. Yeah, they're shit. Oh, it looks like someone fucked with the Technicolor settings on a tube TV. Looks like somebody took a dump in the washing machine while they were cleaning them. Oh, it's it's brutal. It wasn't a good look in the 60s or the 70s and the 80s. I don't know why they think. Is it made out of like burlapped potato sacks? Like, what is that thing? Like, it's oh, but um, some looks are not. Like classic looks. Some looks are fucking bad looks. That's that's and like the golden brown is not a good look. Yeah, pretty much. It seems like anytime you mix like brown and like a mustard together, it's not a good look for a jersey. Uh, brown mustard, point, we love it, but yeah, on on a danger witch, excellent. Yeah, but um, Careful, you man. know, like if you look at the bumblebee jerseys it's for spicy. the Pittsburgh Steelers, God, uh, those are ugly. Um, I'd argue though that like the creamsicles, the Tampa the creamsicles, Bay, we were talking Tampa, about, yeah, the Ooh. Tampa Bay creamsicles are Oof. so bad. Ugh. So as as a Yankees fan, Q, mm-hmm. I have to ask, how do you feel about the whole Aaron Judge sixty two home runs thing? I'm super happy for him. Um, I I I. I was a little worried that we were getting close to the end. I really wanted him to get 62. He's there's it's, it's impossible not to root for the guy. He's exactly what you want. He like, you know, the, the, the Yankees have been looking for that consistent, you know, number one guy who's perfect for the media and perfect for on the field. Um, Aaron judge fits that criteria. And honestly, like if a last ditch effort, I'd offer him captain if that's what it takes to get him like, you know, if the money's all even pretty much throughout the way offer him a Yankee captain. And I, especially if, if, if they win the championship this year, like, you know, you might have to consider that to make sure that he stays long-term Brian, Brian Cashman already pretty much kind of alluded to that. Like he's got a bucket of gold coming his way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very happy for him. I'm, I'm feeling good going into the playoffs. I don't, you know, it's, Cleveland first round, and then it's either Seattle or Houston in the second round if we are lucky enough to advance. It's not the toughest road in the world to the World Series. Um, and then it's most likely probably going to be the Dodgers at this point if if we get there. So, uh, you know, which I think we match up pretty well with them. So I think I think there's a legitimate shot that the Yankees could win the World Series. I'm I'm keeping my expectations low because I'm a little worried about the pitching, but uh overall like I'm just I'm hoping that they have a plan um regardless of the outcome to make sure that Judge doesn't leave because that would be a fucking I don't attack. see how he could leave though. I don't I don't see it either. Cuz where's he going to fucking go? Like honestly, is he going to go to Miami and take a shit ton of money no. to lose 90 games a year? No, but I do worry about the San Francisco Giants. He, I, I don't know how important it is to to be home for him. I don't know if New York is like now home to him, but he grew up about ten miles away from that area. A lot of his family, I think, his family still lives out there. They need a new face of the franchise, West Coast. You know, if he if he's if he's dead set on, like you know, if he's dead set on going home. I, I think they're the biggest threat. Um, if but, he goes to the Giants, he hits 250 with 30 home runs every year. Yeah, I agree. No protection and all that. The Yankees, in a cold-ass stadium where the wind blows in all the time. It's going to depend on how his feelings are from 
the beginning of the because if you remember there was a lot of an, a little bit of animosity in the in the offseason last year because they offered him a contract it wasn't very good and he was like kind of taken aback by that then there was arbitration arbitrations always get ugly and like they try and work you down to like they tell you pretty much everything that you do bad and they try and say like we're gonna we want to give you 12 and he's like well i want 20 and it's like well, you're not really good at this. You're not really like, so they're basically trying to like get down. Trying and, to neg you. Yeah. And there seemed like there was some, <laughs> there seemed like there were some hurt feelings going on. So I'm just hoping that all that's been smoothed out and like literally just sitting like he doesn't have Scott Boris as an agent. So I'm not worried about like fishing for the biggest deal instead of the right deal. And I would literally just put a fucking piece of paper in front of him and just say, write down a number. Just write down a fucking number and let's see what we can do. You know, just that's it. Because you can't let him leave at this point. One billion dollars. Now y'all can't leave. <laughs> he locks the fucking door. Now y'all can't leave. Yeah, yeah but, I, don't, um, I, I don't think he goes anywhere else. I think there's like, there's also a lot of stupid Red Sox fans out there too who are like, oh, he's going to come here. I'm like, first off, I don't want him. Figure out Xander Bogart's contract and Dave and Endeavor's contract first yeah. before you're going to be going after Judge. Well, that's the thing, too. And it's like, ultimately, like, even if those are resolved, like, I still feel weird about, like, signing him because I think the I think the fan bases are different in the sense that he will never be fully accepted as a member of the Red Sox. And nope. he will never be fully bought in because he spent too long in – New York in the same like it's different because like Jacoby Ellsbury is a good example of this. Did you ever feel bought into him? No, Johnny Damon different. And he just fucking stole money from the Yankees too. Johnny Damon. I did though. Yeah. I think he was different because he was only with the Red Sox for three years. Like, and he wasn't homegrown talent. He was from Oakland and Kansas city. So, I mean, he was, a guy that they brought in and loved, but also at the same time, Boston was like, we have a couple other guys that we can that, give money to. The Jacoby Ellsbury thing was like peak Brian Cashman, just throwing money at the wall, hoping something fucking, you know, stuck him and, Beltran who ended up being uh, pretty good. He was good. He was productive for us. And but like, you know, there was a whole a rod thing. If you remember, he wanted to go to the Red Sox. He thought he was going to the Red Sox and then he goes to the Yankees so like there, there's always that like overlap of guys. I can't see Boston like I. He didn't rule out going out to like going to the Red Sox. He didn't rule out anybody. He was just like I'm not like. But he's being very like. It's a ploy. There's no shot that Aaron Judge would fucking break the Yankees' home run record, break Roger Maris's record, and then sign with the Red Sox. I will eat my fucking shoe if he signs with the Red Sox. No, mm, I hope he won't enjoy a taste. He won't go soul. there. Can we um? I, I just want to talk one more thing about baseball. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about this home run chase and the way that it was per, per the way that it was like marketed by ESPN and baseball to be like the actual home run record? Uh, I think it was like like I think there was like one day they were like he was chasing sixty two. And uh, he he ended up like they ended up interrupting the game that I was watching 
to and I don't even think it was a baseball game. I think it, it was, was a football game, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a Thursday night or something? Was a Thursday night game? It most likely was like it, it, it probably was a Monday night game. Just they did it for like three straight weeks. Twice. Yeah, just to watch him walk twice, and I'm just like. We can always watch the recap if we miss it. Like, if I'm not that invested, do I really care that much? Like, I would be watching that game if I cared. It, it does seem odd, right? It does seem odd. Like, why would you cut to it when people could be watching? But I guess I guess their thought process is they wanted to have, like, a dual screen. Like, so you can watch the game still, but, like, hey, we're also going to show you this. So I, We have that technology. It's picture in picture. <laughs> can, I, can I say this, too? And, again... I recognize that Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs, but that's a Yankee record. It's not a baseball record. No, it is. A, it is a baseball record. It's an AL record. Yeah, but it's the seventh most home runs in baseball. But it's the it's number one in in the American League. Right, but it's not a base. It's not a major <laughs> league baseball. Tom, record. Tom, Tom. I know we're arguing semantics here, but the American League is a separate like. We know the history, right? It's like the American League and the National League. It's still a it's still a baseball, but I will yeah. say, as a Yankees fan, Barry Bonds is the home run king, and that's what I'm saying, though. That's like, it, pure and simple. That I don't I, give a shit about steroids. Again, it's an AL record, and it's great, but the hype that they were trying to make that this was like the, the breaking of the record, like, and Roger Maris's son being a fucking moron on Twitter. Like this is the only clean record. Like shut the fuck up. Your dad was on so much methamphetamine. Leaded <laughs> coffee. But you know what though? I will say it is damn impressive though. That like, cause it's I think fantastic. We, I but think we all play agree. it off. Like it's not, like, no, I think this, we can all agree though. I think we all think baseball's that baseball's losing viewership. By the way, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but I think we can all agree that I think we all think Aaron Judge is perfectly clean, not taking any enhancements or anything like that. For him to hit that many home runs on a clean is pretty amazing. But like, yeah, I, I listen. Number one, I think keeping Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame is a fucking sin because. Baseball made so much money off of him, and now they're mad about it. This is the thing that pisses me off about Barry Bonds is that he was already a fucking superstar before, like back in his Pittsburgh Pirates skinny days. He was already a fucking stud, and like he just turned into a monster when he started taking taking steroids or allegedly because he's never tested positive. Um. But at the end of the day, like Barry Bonds is the home run king. And like just because you take steroids doesn't mean you can fucking hit a baseball. It still requires skill and shit. So for any for him to hit 73, it's like it's still to me uh, was 70, wait, 71 or 73. I thought it was 73. I think it's 73. That's fucking like the amount of judge home runs that we had this year, and he still had 11 more. It's and mind you, they were walking him more than they were walking judge. Yeah. And like for him to hit that many home runs is insane. So yes, I will emphatically say that to this day, Barry Bonds is the ultimate home run king. I don't care. That's what I was trying to get to was yeah. that there in the media and with certain fan bases, it was, this needs to be a bigger story than what it is. And it's like, right. But you already have somebody you already have, Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds, who have all gotten past that 62 number. Yep. So at this point, like, you are you saying these people don't count anymore? 
because and again it goes back to the whole thing about like the purity of baseball keep in mind like pitchers were doing shit to baseballs forever and baseball controversy in the mets game yeah he had uh some substance on his ear yeah but all that to be said like baseball is a game of cheating and whether it's you're stealing signs, you're you're using a razor blade to cut the baseball so you can put your fingernails into it, or you're using chemicals to enhance your body. Like people have done this shit since the start of the fucking game. Ask Mets fans if they think that they should give back the '86 championship because all of them were on amphetamines during that point, period of time. Yeah, guarantee they won't. So there's, there's a whole book about how much those guys fucking partied and did yeah. their. Coke and fucking greenies and shit and like all that. And, and like, so like there is no, there is no such thing. Baseball is the one, the, like the ultimate sport of cheating and it's a widely accepted cheating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fetamines, steroids. It's just, you know, it's all the same fucking cat as far as I'm concerned. So I don't really care about steroids. I've taken the approach that every record is valid as far as I'm concerned. And was it unfair to the people who were clean during that time? Probably sucks. Right. But like you could have been doing it too. So (laughs) everyone was doing it, doing it too. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, I I don't really, I don't care. Um, And yeah, I, I will look personally, like I look at Ken Griffey Jr. And I look at like Derek Jeter and I say, those were the guys that were ultimate success stories, despite the fact that, I think we all realize, like, there's no way Kenny Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. is juicing, right? Like, he's one of the few guys that I would, like, bet my life savings on that he never touched any of that stuff. But, like, that's only, if, like, from a personal standpoint. It's not from, like, a baseball record standpoint. At the end of the day, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, all of them, they, they are the home run king. I also don't even think Ken Griffey has been critical of McGuire, Bond, no. Sosa. I think he's no. just like, hey, man, I played my game. And A-Rod. And A-Rod, too, by the way, I think deserves to be considered for the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. Like, like, what are we – are you, are you going to go back and start – like, are you going to remove Ty Cobb because he was fucking racist? Like, you know, are you like – are you going to like – I, I, it just, it just, it just seems like we're we're po- over policing the past, and it's like it happened. It's part of the story. If if you're trying to remove that from the Hall of Fame, you're just trying to hide the controversy instead of just talking about it. Put them in the Hall of Fame and say like these were guys during the steroid era. What what's your opinion on it? But ultimately, it happened. Embrace it. Yeah, See, everyone I, knows. I mean, they wore Jinko jeans in the nineties. Like that's yeah. part of an era. Fucking bell bottoms and we shit. We don't do it no more. Yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even distinguish it between like a steroids era and I wouldn't either. I'm just trying I think Pete Rose should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Like okay. I think it's a fucking travesty. Particularly because does. baseball now has a deal with fucking DraftKings. Like that the rich. argument's here's, done. Here's a weird one with that one. I bet on his own keeping, team. I wonder if keeping him out though is a way for people to even bring up the Hall of Fame and to just get it in conversations every so often. Oh, it's like so it's annoying. like a it's like a you know you need something that anchors uh, a name recognition and Pete Rose always brings it up. Anyone says the word Pete Rose, you just talk Hall of Fame instantly. And then, you know, that becomes a thing. So I wonder if like at this point they omit it because these conversations just bring up the Hall of Fame to begin with. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not it's not a fucking popularity contest, right? It's like it is a purely stat driven and championship driven fucking you know credential. And Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame is a smear on the sport, as far as I'm concerned. So, and I think Roger Clemens not being in is bad. I think all these guys that are have been pretty much ousted. And I'm right. I, I agree with you, Tom. I don't think that you should just you should like kind of separate them but at the same time i'm willing to do anything to get them in so that's my thought process yeah i i'm i'm with you man just like there's there's people that think it should be exclusive and there's people that think it should be inclusive i think yeah. you, you as well as i do it, it's more make it inclusive more people in yeah from a from a player's standpoint from like a someone who like dedicates their life to reporting on the sport and playing the sport and being involved in the sport. I know why they have that motivation, but you're of a very small fraction of people that are lucky enough to do that. And I don't know if it necessarily just because it is up to you and you have that power means that you should be using that power to deny what is the bulk majority of fans. I think um, this opportunity for, and I don't think anybody's sitting there like, you know, Roger Clemens is my hero anymore. But, um, you know, like it's again, like baseball is a sport I like. And therefore, I want the whole history and not just the pieces. Right. We're, by the way, ladies and gentlemen that are out there, um, this is coming to you on Columbus Day. <laughs> oh, so talking about history, history books, you know, with like with with not full you know with the information not full a couple generations from now when no one's having this conversation because these people are all gone dead and buried you know so so their stories go with them if baseball is outlasting them but there's no one left to really have that conversation i feel like all all that does is lead to a door in which 30 30 40 years down the road performance enhancing drugs are again being used and we're coming across the same issue if you actually put this in and people can have this talk instead of making it the shunned history of baseball you know and, and they, baseball won't have that yeah. and baseball knew and they so, loved it and they fucking loved it highest ratings ever had so it's like don't fucking try and like sanitize your mis mis you know misdoings look the reagan errors are over yeah and blame and blame fucking barry bonds and mark mcguire for doing exactly what you wanted them to do so like it, it's just it's just again another reason why baseball is not keeping up at least the nfl is kind of pretty much open like yeah we're fucking scumbags but like you love yeah. us Oh. Yeah, you want this. <laughs> We're gonna like uh, it. Just yeah, you want this. Like Daddy you, knows what you want. You piece you of shit. Like <laughs> Be, careful. Be careful though. It's spicy. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I. I think. I think. I'm like the reason why I brought that up, Tom, was just mainly because I don't want there to be separation between Barry Bonds, like in a different hall. But like at this point, getting those guys in. Like there, some of them are are not even eligible anymore. And yeah, they'd I, have I, to be like write-ins or honorees or something like that. I think I think they should just overwhelmingly put everybody say we're over we're gonna put these people in regardless. Fuck the baseball writers, they are all They're a bunch worst. of fucking boomers that are just so fucking 
holier than thou, and I fucking can't stand it. So, I, I want to show you guys my presentation. What? I have a presentation I would like to show you guys. About what? Well, hold on. Let me load it up. Tom, I'm scared. Yeah, I have. Be. I'm calling the police right now. Nine one one. <laughs> yes, I had a danger witch, and I'm feeling dangerous. Oh God, Kanye. No, 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 no. Bad. What? That's Bad. just what he did. Absolutely not. Bad. Uh, no, naughty. No, you were naughty. No. That I was want, that was I don't, all I don't want to see up for that joke. I don't want to see your search history. Okay, I don't want to know. Oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> I I don't. Gato 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 it, it, it auto filled. I'm just saying it auto filled. So. <laughs> You've been there before. I mean, <laughs> who hasn't? <laughs> Your computer is like, ah, this again, huh? Welcome back. <laughs> Mr. It's Anthony, on. you're it's back. Hey. Hey. It's like the restaurant you go to and they know you by name. Oh, you know, you get your usual, it's... right? Little Hi, Paris. Everybody knows I name. know what you like. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> Two girls, one cup, right? That's yeah. We'll bring, we'll get someone over here with some bread and some two checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, what do you think, guys? Easy. <laughs> I think we should give ourselves five minutes on that topic. Oh, not much more. God. Yeah, he, he I just declared, think he declared a, he declared a fatwa on. Jewish people for cancel culture. By the way, he called it a DEFCON 3. That's actually yeah. not what it is. It's DEFCON 5. It's DEFCON 5, not DEFCON. Yeah, it's defensive condition right. number. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not 3, it's 5. So it's like, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Okay. Question about Kanye. A lot of people like to say he has mental illness. And probably right. I think he has declared that he has bipolar syndrome. I think he's just an asshole. I'd agree. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I don't give a shit. Like there are plenty of people who have mental illness and struggle with that and bipolar disorder, especially. And, you know, the, it, it, he's just a fucking prick. It, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't necessitate your your behavior per se. Right. Because like, you ultimately like. Have you have a responsibility of sorts, or some people have a responsibility to get him help if that's the case? And he's going on the most popular news show in the country talking about Anna, Anna Winter and Adidas fucking him over or something. I, I don't even know what the hell he was talking about. And now all of a sudden he's declaring that Jewish people to be destroyed. So I, I don't I don't know what's going. It's on. just it's like. The ranting one day with Tucker Carlson. It's the <laughs> it's the rantings of a of a petty child. I mean, so it 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 makes me feel like it's a bit at this point. Yeah, but I kind of performance does, art. 
Does he think that Pete Davidson is Jewish and that's why? Probably. Yeah. 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 By the way, Pete Davidson, guy's got a wife. I was going to say, is that his real name? Pete Davidson? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the life. Fuck Kim Kardashian in the morning. Go film a 20-second Taco Bell commercial in the afternoon. You're done. I thought they broke up. Oh, did they? So sad. Uh, yeah. Not but I, shocked by that one. But just going back to Kanye for a second. Again, I know we don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do think it's a bit. And he ran out. He's lost a lot of goodwill over the years and now he's just on to a new demographic and he's telling them exactly what they want to hear. I do think there is something kind of off with him, but I I also don't think that the the Republican right wing population of this country is going to want to wear his dystopian clothes either. I, but I will make a, a an unconventional take on this one is that the the numbers are there. And it, as as I, I I agree, I think that there is like this is all just a giant performance, a whole bit, and it's literally going to get him like it's going to get him a new fan base of people who don't care actually about the quality of the things that you put out as much as the fact that that the ideology that that product supports seems to align with their confirmation bias. It has to be true because and, his shit has been dog shit lately. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like his last, he had the gospel album. He had Yeezus, which was a piece of shit. Yeezus too, I didn't hear obviously because he only released it on his fucking stupid device that he sold for $200, which I'm not Title? fucking... No, no, no. He he had a device, like a player, like a little tiny little it looks like a one of those Amazon fucking Alexa things. Yeah. But it's like it it was like I, I don't I don't even know how it works. It lit up and shit. It was weird looking. Apparently it had like good acoustics, which I no doubt, but like that was the only way to buy Donda too. I know, I said Jesus, Donda. Um so, so like it- to me, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is like a perfect album. It's, it's and just, ever since then, it's been downhill. It's wild that this guy, yeah, like that was the pinnacle or peak. I think of like it is a artistry. no, it's a no skip out. It's eighteen yeah. tracks, and every single one is fucking amazing. Yeah, so. it's crazy that he's the same guy that wrote that or did that. He also did college dropout, late registration, graduation, like eight oh eight and heartbreak, dude. These these were fucking hits they were bangers they were absolute bangers his his politics are so weird though because like i like have you ever heard crack music he said uh, on the the what's one of the first lines he's like um what do you do with the black panthers ronald reagan cooked up an answer and he's like talking about crack obviously and like george bush hates black people right like he was inherently very left-wing in like his statements, obviously he's, he's like very much a capitalist. So, you know, he's always been that kind of right wing dude, but like, but like, and like, it's always Jay, like all these guys are a bunch of fucking phonies because like Jay-Z was railing about um, rich people are so, so made fun of today. Like, Oh, like, yeah. Well, no, I've you know nev- what? It's not about rich people. It's about people with exor- exorbitant wealth. Yeah, that all they do is just suck up more money 
out of the economy and they don't do anything with it. They're supposed to be these people that you know create all these jobs. They only create as many jobs as they need to create more money for themselves. Like, let's not get it fucking twisted. You know what I mean? It, like, it is pure and simple. Like, like people started bring, like, so like Jay Z was pretty much pretty much saying like, oh, like they want to rail against rich people nowadays. And then people were showing Glassdoor reviews for working at uh, what's his company? Um, Rockefeller. I think. Uh, mm, Which company? It? It's his. It's his record label. I thought it was Rockefeller. It might be. Um, I mean, they might have changed the name. Yeah, I, I feel like since it's then, but it was Rockefeller Records. I feel like it's. Time. I feel like Rock it's called Nation. Rock Nation. Rock Nation. Thank now. you. Okay. Okay. So, like, they show glass. Like, if you ever look at glass reviews for Rock Nation, oh my god, it's bad. Like, don't pay you. Like you, you, you get paid in like clout for working at Rock Nation. It's a three point two out of five. Yeah, but I imagine a lot of those reviews are probably new. Yeah, they're the most popular. Let's go to the lowest rating ones. Don't trust the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Worst COO in history creates a fear culture and demonizes you for even humane, inhumanely, and in front of everybody. Yeah. So like everyone was saying, like I worked at your, I worked at Rock Nation, and it was a fucking nightmare. So, and like they don't pay well. So like he is very much a capitalist. Like yeah, I'm gonna take all the wealth, and I'm gonna pay you nothing. I'm not gonna give you any benefits. So, someone was explaining to me that like that is kind of how Jay Z had made his nut in the first place. Was that he became a producer and basically he signed these contracts for artists that said you go to my studio look i'm paying you you go to yep. my studio so you pay me back yeah and then i'm getting a cut of all your work and here here's everything you got to do to you know continue this contract otherwise i get to take more money so if you're not churning out profit for me basically you're 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 gonna get cut you're not you're not here yep. no more and Obviously, with a business model like that, you can't really fail because you're paying yourself back. It, it is pretty wild. Um, yeah. yeah so exploitive, I, but that's the nature of entertainment, I think, too. So. Yeah, and so I think like that's always been in the nature for uh, Kanye and fucking for uh, for Jay Z guys like that. So like, I'm not surprised by any of this, but like the incoherence of like. Like, I mean, if you remember he, the famous rant about how, you know, slavery seems like they liked it because, you know, they could have left at any time, like completely negating, like, you know, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh God. It's just so fucking out of his mind. Crazy. Like you don't acknowledge anything. And then like recon during reconstruction, um, you know, like the fact that like joblessness and homelessness was criminalized so that they could make you a legal slave again. And it's just so crazy. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say we didn't want to spend a ton of time on Kanye because the shit that he says is garbage. He, he references Nat Turner in one of his songs. And it's like a, a literal slave who led a rebellion against slave owners. Like, does that sound like somebody who was like very happy in his life? Like I just, it just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, I mean, it, he he's now playing into just all the tropes and all of like the Prager U talking points that don't fucking are not ones. are not based in anything. Yeah, and fuck her too. Um, that said, do we want to roll two assholes of the week? We were just talking about one, so it would be fitting. A befitment. Who would like to go first? Uh, I can start. We can we can rock with this, I guess. Um, rock nation. Yeah, we we're gonna rock nation this one. Um, so I have an asshole. We've all heard of this asshole before, um, but this particular instance, um, my asshole of the week is Amazon. Um, mm. A new story came out recently um, regarding a lawsuit. This was on NPR. Um, and it accuses Amazon of selling suicide kits to teenagers. Can you explain what those suicide kits are first? So um, these suicide kits, what they are, are um, a very pure concentration of sodium nitrate. Um, basically this is above, uh, the concentration one would need for curing. So the, the conventional use in a home would be for curing meats. Um, however, if you ingest, if you ingest very high levels of it, basically, um, you can, you can basically force death, right? So, um, it's, it's a, it's a poison that you can legally purchase from Amazon at a high concentration that basically no one should be selling at is, is what the claim is. And that um, article that you posted, Gatto, it said that the, the one that they had on Amazon is like abnormally potent. pure. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's 80 something to 99% potent potency. Um, and it's just, it's unnecessarily strong or concentrated. Um, now, like, I'm not actually going to get into, um, like, the whole, you know, whether or not morally, like, morally should should you be selling this stuff? Like, I, suicide. I'm 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 gonna like step around the debate about suicide and all of that for this, because the thing that I find most egregious about this whole situation is not just that they're selling something that has no other use except for in this specific type of case in which one is trying to harm themselves. But the other thing that they were doing was that they were also uh, pushing like advertising towards people who were looking to purchase these things for anti-vomiting. So uh, things to stop the reaction in which your body would then try to like puke up this um, this lethal dose of the uh, compound. So there's that. And then there's also the justifications that really kind of annoyed me is that they said like, oh, this is like, you know, a, we should totally be allowed to sell this because laboratories need this. Why are laboratories going to Amazon? to buy their stuff why is this a thing and they're not and that's and that's really what it comes down to is that um it's a very thin veiled thing to sell anything to anybody because it is all just a pursuit of profit and Mm -hmm. um as much as like you know 
we live in a capitalist society and whatnot. Um, you know, I think there is a certain place where it's like, yeah, well, we shouldn't be selling like fucking, you know, fucking samurai sword boomerangs and shit like that. There's certain things that shouldn't be on our fucking markets or shouldn't be available. And especially in our day and age where we don't really know who's on the other side of that screen making that order and what they plan to do with it. Like in these cases, it was suicide, but there are other cases where this could have been homicide. And we have to, you know, like all in all, I think it's just pretty shitty um, that we will go to any extent for the pursuit of any type of profit with no regard for the consequence of someone's life. Yeah. What's the, uh, the, um, the Jurassic park quote, just because you, just because you guys, you, you guys spent so much time thinking about if you could, you didn't think about if you should. There you go. Yeah. It's not whether you could sell it is whether you should sell it. And I, I, I'm glad you hit on that point, Gatto, of like, this is more so Amazon just being able to say we can sell anything to anybody. And who knows? Maybe you need this in your line of work. Maybe you need this like purified form of sodium nitrate, but you, you should not be able to access it that easily without any kind of verification. And it should not be within your at your house within a day. Yeah. I yep. agree. Um. I'll go next. So um, the at the time we are recording this episode, Matt Rule has been fired from the Carolina Panthers. And Matt Rule is not my asshole of the week because he's a symptom of the problem. And my asshole of the week is David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Um, this was his first hire as the official owner of the team. And for the folks that are Carolina residents you all know the kind of shenanigans that have been happening with david tepper in this practice facility in rock hill that they've been trying to build and then all of a sudden they pulled out of it and they have this huge swath of land in south carolina that has been bulldozed and half of a practice facility was built on it but david tepper made a college coach his head coach Seven years, $62 million. They fired him after what? Three years, four years, three and a half years. This is the third year. They owe him $40 million. And as a billionaire, you'd think this guy would understand how to hold on to money. And it blows my fucking mind how Matt Rule, a guy who coached at Temple and Baylor, was able to convince a billionaire to give him a huge fucking deal for nothing that he's proven in the NFL. And and he was in the running for the Giants. Um, so he has history. He was on Tom Coughlin's staff when, um, when he was there. He was like a defensive line coach. I will give credit to Matt Rule. Matt Rule went to Temple and rebuilt that program. He made them a consistent winner, bowl, bowl winner, in a couple years. And then obviously there's also uh Baylor Baylor obviously was going through the art Bryle situation, which was really bad. He went in there. A lot of the recruits had left. There were some people who stayed and he turned them into a consistent winner. So he showed that, okay, yes, he's a college coach, but so is Pete Carroll. You know, there, there are college coaches who have had success in the NFL. 
And I think they saw him as a team builder and that was the sell, but it was, I, I, I was big on him. Yes. The giants were very interested in him. They ended up signing Joe judge instead, but, and apparently I think they, he got a really big offer from uh, David Tepper because I felt like, I think he felt like he was in competition with the giants. But the problem is that, Ultimately, the Giants. Um, I think they got an offer to uh, match the match the deal, and they were like, "No." Yeah. By the way, Devontae Adams just won me this my fantasy champ, uh, my fantasy this week. So thank you, Devontae Adams. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. So all that to be said. Again, like the the Panthers effectively were coach were like gambling against themselves and they got soaked for it. And I mean, they've been basically fucked and like, I don't, I don't, I don't have much more to say on the matter other so than I, I wanted to mention, I forgot. Um, I, I was, I, I was mad when the, he went to the Panthers. I was very mad because I wanted, I wanted that rule. I got worried very early on though, when he, made joe brady a patsy i was like oh that's yeah he's not the problem and like you you sold that kid down the river so yeah yeah. i knew something was up when joe brady got fired so i was like what matt rule has been fired he's probably going to be the next head coach of the nebraska corn huskers well he'll Mm -hmm. go three and nine um and i'm wondering i'm wondering if he knew in his heart that the NFL was not his bag and coached his way out of that job to say, like, hey, I want to go back to college. Yeah. So, but again, David Tepper is my asshole of the week. You're now given somebody $40 million to not be your coach. Um, you've, I mean, <laughs> life's good. <laughs> I mean, I got, I guess we'll see what happens. Steve Wilkes has a shot to be a coach again, but we'll see how long that lasts because they'll probably go after some other fucking rube who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. For context, the giants gave Joe judge five years, 25 million. So it was like, we not, even different. A li- not even half of what uh, Matt will got. So, and now they got Brian Dable. So win. Yeah. I'm going to go with a hero of the week guys, because I feel like we need to have some, uh, some positivity here after, uh, this week. So I'm going to go with Ariel Elias. Um, she is a stand-up comedian. Oh yeah. I saw this. They were, yeah. There was a video floating around on uh, Twitter that I saw and she's a fucking boss, man. So for context, anybody doesn't know at a New Jersey, uh, nightclub, uncle Vinny's comedy club, she was doing a set for a Mexican themed party. So it was a group of people. It was not a random audience. And she pretty much kind of was doing crowd work. And there was a moment in which somebody like she kind of opened like, hey, anybody have any questions? And of course, somebody's like, did you vote for Trump? Like very drunk and like was insistent that she was like, like pretty much like heckling her saying like you you sound like you vote for biden and again of course just thrusting politics she was not talking about politics um at all and of course somebody thrusted politics into this she fucking shut her down so well without being rude like just really funny and 
what proceeded then is the woman is still going. Another person in the club got up and threw a full beer at her at oh, barely missed her head. So instead of freaking out, she picks up the beer and chugs it on stage like a fucking boss. Um, I, I, I did find out. I did look a little deeper. He was or I think he was arrested. Um, the, the man who threw the beer, but she was, she was a fucking boss. She took it like a champ. And, uh, I just think she deserves a lot of credit because like that, that's fucking insane, but per actually sounds a lot like New Jersey to me though. Yeah. She was tooling on her too. Say again. She Uh, was tooling on her too. Yeah. Oh no. She was, she was going at her like crazy. It was great. Uh, comedians will, a lot of times they'll say the worst things. I didn't know that they were. I didn't know that she was doing that at a um, like closed event. Uh, yeah. They they say comedians will often say the worst events they do are like closed parties or corporate parties because like that crowd, that room can be filled with like a very specific type of like think type. Um, mm-hmm. And like they're they're They feel like they're entitled to more of a kind of like interactive type of set or something because 100 percent right but what's funny is that she was like getting the crowd she said who wants this woman to shut up and the crowd was like yeah shut up yeah because that's so marty's like, clearly, wife nobody likes her yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i want to read it i want to read the line here because she basically said i don't care who you guys voted for like my set's not political let's just so the woman yelled out, I can tell by your jokes you voted for Biden, whatever the fuck that means. I mean, I can tell by your pronunciation you're a fucking lib. So <laughs> this person I... said <laughs> – so, so she said back, I can tell by the fact that you're still talking when nobody wants you to that you voted for Trump. And I'm like, god damn, that's good. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, for her. so I wanted to give her credit because she, you know, and if you want to make the guy who threw the bottle and ass, uh, my asshole of the week, I'm perfectly happy with that. So wanted to I give think, her a shout out. I think there was like some commentary of like it was overheard on that recording. Like somebody was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. I'm never going out with you ever, guys ever again. <laughs> i this this is this is just goes to show the fucking brain rot of this country that like we can't even just have like a nice peaceful night at a comedy club anymore because and like i want joe rogan to fucking talk i want joe rogan to comment on this video because he loves talking about the death of comedy because of liberals i want to see the death of comedy because of fucking magachuk conservatives it'll never happen nope it's very funny it's very funny because here we have a situation in which, like, the one thing that they, they're crying about all the time is that, like, oh, like, why must I'm being silenced. everything be politicized? Yeah. And they're the ones that politicized the situation that had nothing to do with political affiliation. It's just that they think comedy is theirs now. They believe yeah. if, if they can get enough people to, sh- to shit on something with them, with them, that it's theirs. Like, it's all, like, the same way dogs piss on their territory, that's the way they think. You know, and yes, separate, I'm separate saying note. that. So if someone's gonna throw a can at me, I'm gonna catch that shit, chug it, fuck you. But like, <laughs> she she just picked it up and chugged it. It was awesome. I want to mention also, like, there's a term now called "go woke, go broke," and what's funny is that, like, they I think they were talking about it on Fever Dreams. Like, there's no evidence that it actually has ever happened to where like a company has paid for a company has paid dearly for espousing liberal values so it's it's pretty funny that they There's, live in this fantasy a, world 
in which they think that like things are going to be like their way. There's literally an entire like mindset on investing in the stock market based on like good governance of like companies with corporate values. It could be the opposite of anything. Well, it's like when Nike gave Colin Kaepernick that deal. I'm like, do you not think that they workshopped that and they like worked out a cost? They did a cost benefit analysis of like, okay, worst case scenario, how did how bad does this hurt us and how much does it help us? And clearly it helped them. The end result was that they had fucking like MAGA chuds going to the fucking outlet to buy a fucking pair of shoes to burn them (laughs) on a video. That like that was literally the outcome was they sold more shoes to people that were against this decision it's amazing on given it's amazing that's like you know cancel culture too it's like people that actually engage in like canceling of things are actually like the older people it's not the younger people right you know yeah like it's all backwards narrative yeah exactly it's fucking stupid man um if we want we can snake it uh so i'll just uh i'll just go quickly on my uh pick um Hellraiser, the new new Hellraiser movie. It's like a reimagining of the original. It's not very different than the original. Done by David Bruckner. He did a movie uh, last year called The Night House, which I really enjoyed as well. It's on Hulu. It's, it's It was pretty fucking good. I really, it lived up to expectations. Um, it is October. It is spooky season. So I recommend if you're in the mood for a horror movie, give it a watch. Boom. Right. Yeah, I started watching it. I got to watch the rest of it. It was, it was really solid. It's another case where uh, going woke won't make you go broke. Yeah, they're they're mad. Fem- <laughs> female pinhead. Yeah. The, the fall, right. the fall of Rome, guys. We have a female pinhead. God fucking damn it! <laughs> you the the amount of people that were so mad. Apparently, she's trans too. So like, people are like losing their fucking shit. And by the way, Hell, Hellraiser is—I'd expect nothing less at this point. <laughs> Hellraiser is is based off a book uh, by Clyde Barker, a gay man. Uh, so yeah, it just doesn't never really belong to you in the first place, did it? So and, and hey, we Bradley, want our underworld demons to be cis. Man. He's a man, okay. <laughs> and by the way, in the book, in the book, he describes pinhead as a genderless like demon entity, so yeah yeah it's an entity it's a demon so it's like, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid man i can't stand it anymore war on hell <laughs> the, the the former pinhead doug bradley endorsed it and said she did an incredible job and i agree so good um so for those who are paying attention at home um, not me. Syracuse is ranked 18th in the oh, country. God, here we go again. I think you're going to want to listen to this. <laughs> so Syracuse is coming off a bye week and they play the 15th ranked team in the country in NC state. This is actually a pretty interesting showdown because this is an opportunity for Syrac- Syracuse is five and zero right now. They could be bull eligible for the first time in five years. And this is the quickest they've been bowl eligible in like 15 years. So they're playing NC state at home in the dome at three 30. And it's interesting because Devin Leary, who is a draft prospect for some teams, he is out of this game. 
their starting running back is out of this game too for NC State, and I think they're what their number one receiver. So, and this is a could potentially be a game that SU gets on the right side of this because they have Clemson the week after, and then they play NC State, Pitt, Boston College, and then Wake Forest. So, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman. Yeah, and I would be going to that Wake Forest game, but I'm actually coming back from vacation that same day. So um, didn't plan that well. But for those who are around, 3.30 on Saturday, Syracuse is playing NC State. Again, in the Dome, the game is already sold out. It was sold out last week. So, By the way, this, this Saturday, college football in general is juicy. Yeah, this is a stop what you're doing weekend. Alabama, Tennessee, also at 3.30, and Bryce Young might be back for that. Um, it looks like it's on the ACC network. I don't think my cable provider carries that. Which one? The Syracuse-NC State game. It says it's on ACC network, um, but BYU and another team are supposed to be on ESPN. I would be shocked if they don't switch that. I would hope so. Yeah, two ranked teams, I'd, pre- I'd much prefer that. So Yeah. And that could be the ACC that one of those teams could be playing in the ACC title game. So let me see these it ranks. Certainly, it certainly will not be the Miami Hurricanes. Miami no, teams. they're fucking <laughs> Jesus suck. Oh, it's so it's, every year, like Mario Cristobal came and I was like, this, they're going to be good again. I am shocked. I am shocked about Tyler Van Dyke. He's just I, booty. He was, he was my guy that I was like, maybe the Giants could maybe, you know, get. I'm like, oh, Miami quarterback going for the Giants. He kind of has some Josh Allen to him, you know, big guy, big arm and all that. And he's just been fucking booty. Absolute ass. He went from first round pick. I don't even know if he would get drafted at this point. So, yeah, not good. Not good, guys. Got to who you got. Uh, So last week I I was just kind of browsing through YouTube and I stumbled across a – a group they're fucking awesome um the, the try guys the uh the try guys <laughs> yeah there's there's some youtube thing that i was i was reading about con- some controversy there happened i was just fucking oh oh i was like oh wait what oh uh this is uh this is a rap group um they're called coast contra and hmm. um so it seems like as of late They've really started to grow. Prom- They've been around for a little bit, obviously. Um, but I heard some of their freestyles, some of their songs. Um, they have very much a ODB uh, Wu-Tang kind of sound to them. Um, they're very much 90s, but they're, oh, they have great lyrics. They're, they're great lyricists. Um, I think, you know, just give them a listen. They're, they're very good, and um, I've been listening to them like fucking crazy since. So uh, I'll probably I'll probably throw them in for the outro this week, so everyone do you can know get a quick do you know sample of them. Do you know where they're from, Gato? So they're actually they're two of them from the West Coast. Uh, mm. They're they're cousins, I believe. Uh, Taj Austin, Raz, Raz Austin. Um, one is from. Somewhere in South America. Uh, let me think about this. Mm, cool. Um, and then one is from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, okay. Eric Jamal. So yeah. So a little West Coast, East Coast. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. I believe that 
uh, some of their their pedigree of the music industry. Um, so they have family members that are uh, rappers. Um, What's the they YouTube have, channel? Uh, it's it's Coast Contra. So check them out on YouTube, Coast Contra. Um, probably the video that will pop up first is the Never Freestyle. Um, they're good, man. They're worth a listen. If you like 90s style hip hop, um, you know, some good thought out, well thought, um, lyrics, rap, music. I'm sounding very white right now. Um, <laughs> music, <laughs> music. If you like those dandy freestyles, go and give them a look. If it, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's gonna be my pick, man. Um, yeah, you'll, I, I'll leave a sample for the outro this week. Word, awesome, Tommy. All right, boys. Well, thank you all again for stopping in to um, listen to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. We do this every week, and we make jokes all the time. I will say I will not be here next week because I will be traveling. <sighs> Thank you for sounding so concerned, Q. How could we live without you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but again, check us out every week. We have um, a nice backlog of episodes at this point. And I think that for the most part, our episodes have staying power where they're not necessarily dated. We have a lovely episode of why, about why Barry Bonds deserves justice. Um, justice for Barry Bonds. Justice. And if you listen to our fantasy, like anything I got wrong, just fucking ignore it, okay? Why focus on the negative? Or tell us. Yeah, tell bring us. It up. E- email the face. show. DM us on social media. Second Mouse Podcast. No, I, um, I want only positive controversy on. Social I want media. only positive affirmation. Okay, don't come at me with that negative shit. Give me all the shit I got right. I if, want you to be so pissed you throw a beer at my face so I can chug it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think what a good thing for our fans to do is give us their projections on how the NFC East is going to land from top to bottom. So if y'all are listening to the show, message us on Second Mouse, um, our Instagram page, and we will post your projections on our story. Thank you again for Friday Beers for um, posting our Almost Friday story again. Bangers all the time. Love that. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Are you ready?
Once upon a time, I live with gorillas at. You talk smack, he leave, he bringing that silver back. Unfortunately, they do this shit tip for tat. I'm tired of telling my people, people, we Yo. love that. Me and my dogs watch y'all cry whoop a lot Snakes slither on the block, rats piggyback off the cops The sheep going deep sleep when the culture votes begin to flop Cats act like they got nine lives until they die Swimming with long shots, they flunk fish scales When you in a drought, I'm guessing it don't sit well But cool, I'ma let that elephant stay in the room Just pay the rent, if not, gotta move We all chicken chasing, not even vegans can pick a replacement We'll find a substitute, no form of imitation They say we addicted, but let my pockets go cold Turkey must be tripping, bullshit to those saying different Ain't nothing new, monkey see, monkey do Want some other creatures to consult the owls, know who? Lucky me, I'm amongst the goats, we even formed a group The coast, you tend to duck, your goosebumps show for proof I digress, might I stress, love's looking real bad My dear, them headlights and you will crash Seen Bambi, now you wanna start a family Fell in love with a cheetah and his mouth running real fast Lying often, chase thrills, no real caution For the appeal, pop pills, drink through dolphin Crack the seal, blow up slow, then get lost in the eels All for that electrified feel But no one can escape that taxes and heartbreak Somebody's gotta bear the decisions we all make Caught in the crosshairs, fate's got us in a snare Going action and confusion, the brewing of the human evolution Wanted with the golden child I've been shining before I was found Illuminating those around The conductor of the ghetto opera Pa' la gente que no tiene nada Y no pierde ni la esperanza Que pase lo que pase Porque aquí así es la vida From New York to Buenaventura A mí me tienen en la mira From dusty basements to skyscrapers I'm building bridges for my niggas Con la gente del otro lado Soy orgulloso de ser hispano This the future of the culture I push the convo forward Equality my quality Feeling like Tyler Quali Cause they'll profile me As a black star and most deaf For respiration we was dodging cop cars Yo, young outlaws Know that this world is ours Tuve que estudiar hip hop y lo escuché from Nas Dons recognized Dons smoking purple picked off from heaven's great vines, huh? Who's the big shit? Grand Poo with Slick Rick, ruler 12 inch One foot from the feet, stepping to you in some All black forces, dead eyed cat Moving as a mastermind Sending brainwaves to your medulla, nigga We Mount Rushmore, who stone-faced jewelers trust more Same stone-faced could stare down Medusa once more Prayed up, I'm blessed enough, so what is luck for? I wake up, the day my life suck, I bust a nut for It's us for moving your top five, moving at Mach 5 speed Moving the niggas laughing, mocking them seas The mark of the seas, the coast guards could walk overseas Your barking is cheap, and none your dogs just cost you to breathe I keep it G with y'all, we ain't impressed, ain't even trying to compete with y'all Just us for the Mexican standoff, for a visa car Cause me my niggas is borderline crazy, kind been tweaking hard I swear it's wasted in my head and one of them trying to speak to y'all Ain't even mad at all, my niggas just slightly annoyed I'm hungry, hangry, stomach pains is killing my joy So I'm killing these rappers, relief I feel is filling my void Plus niggas need ghostwriters, at least she gets your spirit employed Cause Plasty been his best self, he try to speak his message to y'all But the nigga way too humble, I kidnapped him, I left me in charge I'm prideful, my bones is fossils, I'm better than y'all My nuts is dragging, it's like they stuffed with medicine balls This nigga swear I'm crazy, I try to tell him I'm speaking the truth But he keep locking me out, knock knock, opportunity, who? Opportunity of a lifetime, and the right time is right now, move That's what happened, too damn modest, rap the best and I'm proof It's Coast Contra, nigga
it go hut hut Blue 42, red 47, this is OD Being the form of his resurrection, if you catch that Lend him a hand, I'm talking back and forth David High, kick it, good life, back at the stepping This is big shit, unwrap gifts, you feel my presence? This for you, God, I shall lend my soul and vessel I could expect a deck, but a trusting hand, I was dealt with it Ever since I risen, I knew that I knew the method, woo! Ghost faces, hey, time I get on the record, uh Label me a killer, my microphone is my weapon, I be Looking at my brothers like bodies that's in the session Cause if I don't want my body to body me in a second Peer pressure, every verse is a vendetta You ain't never seen a group of collective that's just eclectic Real lows go into all you sheep, I'm a shepherd in. The twins been towering never since 9-11 Boy, y'all too plain, saying they saying that you the best My nigga, who saying, doing about anything for the check My nigga, you playing, showing your bling bling And next to sticker, bear rock, give me that chain Nice fruity pebbles, I'm a cereal Killer look at you like what's for breakfast, nigga Milking the game, coming for seconds uh, Niggas want more, but never want to learn a lesson uh, Even when it's at the expense of our adolescence Who gon' protect the kids when they teaching kids this was sexist? Sucking dick at 11, throw baby her favorite record Thinking the only way that she get respect if she naked Going down at that age, I think I know where we headed I reckon if you check it, we in the days of the reckon The message from the reverend that in the end will accept men And women won't work together, the children will give direction The world will be upside down, we're really living in sexual Found the edge of my understanding and jump. Feel tumbling, stomach rumbling, forced to digest a hunch. Humbling. Now I'm mumbling God's words to the months. While you fumbling, I've been summoning champions out of chumps. Facts. I see the best and the worst as y'all perspective inverted. You know you the guy that sees me even in MP3s converted. I heard it all before. I heard it. Heard it once or twice. We live in the utopia. These niggas swear they nice. I really wrote and wrote again. Pen swaying like the pendulum swaying. They votes again. We the people's choice. We're chosen. I don't know about them. Don't ask about none of them. Golden, my aura floating, divinity settled in. God see me as God, your descriptions are settling. Me myself see it eye to eye when I look within. What else am I looking for? Used to chase dreams till I realized that the dreamer they closer than they seem. I remember when I was broke. Well, hold up, nah, stand. That's a symptom of mental illness. I fixed my esteem. Razzle's wealthy is very valuable resource seen. Instead of disagreeing, remain speechless, king. One. I finished chasing perfection, it's never far away Rather head in that direction and step at a calm pace It ain't hard to stumble in broad day A shame when fan gives weight to your name Heckles echo the hallways Philosophies we adopt, that's all we got I watch teams succumb to an eye like a cyclops Where we divide, who's left to carry the one that won't survive How the fuck do we keep the peace if we hardly keep the vibe? Pray at least, victory is sweet and misery is brief It's a triumph if you still alive The reaper is a thief, quick to hold some But it never seems to be released, we hold back Tears of reminiscing, history repeats mm. Shit is mob deep The infamous murder music on y'all streets Ain't got style and lack technique Pops bless me You might find God in my ancestry Holla at Nas, tell him assess me Soon as I do a mic check, I'm going finesse nightly Remember days I had less, and now that's less likely I get love from the utmost, fuck it's less likely Showing love to the utmost, although it's less likely Proof, my group connect old to the youth And speak for those predisposed to the truth It's coast con. I've been flipping shit since I was on the flip side of the equator Inherited the flavor, marinating in the slums To the day I got my papers, immigrants just wanna make it Ain't no opportunities where I'm from Ain't even got the basis, scraping the bottom of the pot Just trying to feed the babies Corruption around the corner from the passes to the governor Every sin be weighing the same on that triple beam scale In the land of cocaine, you sell yourself if you don't sell Youngest robbing still with the steel They ain't a rush to grow up, so they can't chill us still To check it where I'm from, everybody numb They say it must be the drugs I see it's all the funerals we attend every month Gracias a Dios, I'm blessed up Survive death more than 
once I've been here before This ain't beginner's luck I'm at war with the melted pot Let it spill over every block I'm on the road to riches With niggas that's down to go the extra mile and walk Pick a rapper like a lock And drop him like a bat